You're pushing it. You're on thin ice. I'm on thin ice with this podcast, guys. And how <laughs> my radical honesty is honestly not radical for my life at this moment <laughs> in time. Joe Biden, president-elect. <laughs> it feels like it's all happening. It, I, I mean, know. It's happened like a hundred times. I yeah. know, but now it's like he's won 7,000 different recounts. And do you think Mark's going to want his... Oh, no, he, I guess his phone has to be here, right? Because it has the hotspot. Yeah. Um, guys, welcome to Busy Phillips is doing her best. I am currently doing my best amid technical difficulties including the internet in our rental has gone out. Shantira Jackson also doing her best with some other unspecified <laughs> technical difficulties. I had to change some cords around. <laughs> KCC Ange doing her best wearing a bright pink sweater for those of you at home who very aren't on this Zoom call and are just listening to this as a podcast as it's intended. <laughs> so that means all of you. Um, Casey, are you doing your best today? Yeah, I feel like I ha I also had technical difficulties, but um, Laura helped me sort them out. As she what's going does. on? I don't know. Is Mercury in retrograde? Is it just pre Thanksgiving jitters? Are you we guys, afraid of the it, COVID it, spikes happening? It's I don't know. Scorpio season, and you know Scorpio she gets season. wild. Yeah. Oh wait, no, it's Sagittarius season now, right? We just got into the Sag. We just left. Wait, you know Scorpio. You know all of my friends. Uh, for a long time have been like I like love Sagittarius's I love that mm. Kelly's a Sag Emily Beebe Kelly Oxford mm -hmm. Colin Hanks my moms my friend Kate from high school my I friend love Jennifer Candy Pan wait there's more oh my gosh strap in <laughs> I'm just gonna name people that none of you know <laughs> um, who were born <laughs> around Christmas <laughs> yeah we're born Thanksgiving. Oh, Raymond Padilla, my assistant, Raymond Padilla. Oh, my God. birthday is this year on Thanksgiving in two days. Oh, wow. Aww, happy birthday, Ray. Happy Tomorrow birthday, Ray. For yeah. those of you listening, we're recording this on Tuesday. Anyway, guys, uh, how's it going this week? There's lots happening. Are you guys good? Is everything good? I mean, like, I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I'm happy to have a little break. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I didn't even feel this week because I was working, which was um, and I was just. I was, you know, just a work monster. I become a monster when it's very intense work. And that's who I was this week. And everyone was very nice about it. Wait, that's nice. a monster to who? Because we worked with you a lot and I never saw you as a monster do I'm just you, like, you, do you mean to the people in your life, your at home people? No, no. I, I just feel like when I'm working, I get very specific and pointed about what is happening and what isn't happening. And so mm. maybe I feel like I'm being, you know, tougher than I usually am. Maybe like a little, you know, a little shorter than I usually am. Mm -hmm. So I was definitely like, I will I will not be available. And, you know, this call can only be seven minutes long. You know, a lot of that, which is not normally how I am. But that's you're like um, in every rom-com from like 1995 to like 2005. It was just like 
a lady who was like very busy in an advertising <laughs> agency. And it was yes. just like, you were like a rom-com protagonist this whole yes, week. Just where wearing- it's just like, I have a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> just wearing my suit from Kohl's with my Reeboks and being testy with people. Yes. And a giant office in a loft department. <laughs> I feel like it's funny because I feel like that I, we, I never had that experience of you like working with you, but I also feel like we had such a different kind of vibe in our, in busy tonight in our Mm -hmm. office. And I've had, I had like a weird, I was like a little bit tough at work yesterday and I talked about it in therapy today. And like, I think it's interesting. Shantira is probably having a bit of a different, like a similar to Busy Tonight experience on the Amber Ruffin show because you're working with Amber and Dwayne Perkins, who are two of your close friends. Mm-hmm. And so that vibe is a little bit different, right? It's really chill. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, I gather that. And um, I'm doing another like big television show as an actor. Mm-hmm. And I'm obsessed with the women I'm working with. And I'm obsessed, you know, with Tina and, of course, our old friend Eric Gurian, who <laughs> this morning at like 8 a.m. as I was talking to him about some other thing, he was like, I mean, I've listened to more of the podcast than I probably even thought I would, if I'm being honest. But, you know, it just like makes me, honestly, it's hard for me. It's hard for me because I feel like it takes me right back to that writer's room and I feel like I should be there. I'm like, oh, you always do feel like you should be there, Eric. Oh, Eric, I thought he You're passed. You're not a witch, Eric. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, but so our first episode, our pilot episode was directed by this woman, Kat Coro, who is incredible and like is a woman I have known for many years. I've heard she of directed, her before. Yeah. Well, she she just got a very big job after like Kat is one of those people that has worked for every like 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 nails on in the on the side of a sheer cliff climbing up with no ropes. Do you know what I mean? This woman has worked her way up. She directed an independent movie I did years ago that Justin Long wrote called A Case of You. And, um, and she's just worked, she's done, she's hustled and done indie movies and tried to, you know, broken into TV in ways. And then like, got you know, these, some things going and then like, whatever. And she's like, she got the next Marvel movie or she's doing a Marvel movie. So she's moving to Atlanta. It's amazing. Um, if I knew about these things, I would tell you which one and what it is, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think the it's people like probably who got a Hulk in it work for Marvel. No, like I, I think I said this before. It's like, everything's a secret. Like if I ever get like abs, you'll know that I'm in a Marvel movie, but I'll never yeah. be able to say it. Like if I just no. show up snatched one day, you'll be like, ah, she's got a Marvel movie. Like everything's no, but, a secret. <laughs> no, but remember, like, I mean, I like don't even know what they are and I don't know the difference between like Marvel and DC and like, mm-hmm. remember, uh, what's her name? Gina Davis. When Gina, when Gina Davis was on busy tonight and she was like, you're, kidding you know what they are and I was like I really don't I really don't know anything but so anyway I just like and the pilot like this is like this is like a hard show in a lot of ways to do because it's a show that's like about 
present day people, women, mm-hmm. four women in their 40s. And then we have these flashbacks to the 90s that will be like, uh, you know, special effects, but like it's singing and dancing and there's choreography, but like, it's just like a lot, you know? Yeah. And you kind of have to just like, you gotta be on your shit. So anyway, this cat was like amazing and everything was just, she was very, um, as women have to be in this business. She was on they her shit. They have to be on their shit. They have to be better and faster and funnier and like more prepared. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's been so illuminating that women have to show up so much more prepared than men do. And it's like, I, she's, she was like, I've just worked with so many male directors for years and years and years and they like kind of just show up and they're like, yeah, I got it. It's fine. Like just that, that's the vibe. And I don't know. And I just like had this real reaction thinking, you know, to be honest about my own fucking experience. You know, I talked about this in my book. This is like in my book in the Cougar Town chapter when I directed an episode of Cougar Town and I was so on it and had my shot lists and everything was planned out and I was like really good at it. And I, yeah. I really liked it. This was, you know, eight years ago now. And when that show was over and I was sort of at this career crossroads, what am I going to do next? Uh, a friend of mine who had a very popular, ran a very popular television show, uh, submitted me to direct an episode of their show and the studio and network said, no, she didn't have enough. She doesn't have enough experience. She doesn't yeah. have enough real, but how do you so get I, experience? Right. But <laughs> right. like, but like, it does feel like men are given these opportunities and continue to give, be given these big shots and just are, are given the benefit of the doubt. Like, Oh, never yeah. mind the fact that I've been on a fucking set since I was 18 years old. you know what I mean? Like I'm capable and able to do it, but it sort of shut me down in a way back then. And I was like, well, I guess that's just not my path. Like, I'm not going to like, I don't, I can't fucking hustle that hard because I'm doing all this other stuff too. No, you could definitely do it. Like I- at the core of it, I feel like a lot of white men in this past several years would be like, uh, or men with privilege, I don't, what am I even supposed to do in this moment? I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Oh, so I can't even blah, blah. Yeah, get the fuck out of the way. Get out of the way. (laughs) I just feel like as women, all I want from dudes- with their privilege at this moment is shoot your shot, dude. Fine. You get, you have the thing that gets you in the door. Fine. Then do what every person of color and woman has had to do for the last fucking hundred years, which is be the most prepared, be fucking on it in ways that you can't even comp think of things be anticipatory of things that you haven't even fucking thought of yet. And think yeah. of those things like they need what they need to do now in this moment is fucking show if they're going to continue to like be able to move in these spaces, they need to use their privilege in a way that sets an example that hires women and people of color and that they are working as hard as everyone else. Well, That's all I want to see. I uh, just want to see the effort. And we should talk a little bit about why people who are not white men are so prepared because in our lives, we have to prepare for everything. You know, uh, uh, 
while someone can just walk out the door, a white guy can just walk out the door, that is not the case for anyone else. You have to prepare for how the world is going to treat you. You have to prepare for what you need to carry on you to make it. So whether it's like tampons or being ready to have someone like come up to you and say something to you that puts you in a weird situation. Like those are the kind of things that people who aren't white males are constantly having to be prepared for, be on your toes for. And you know, it just extends to everything. It just extends to everything we do in our lives where we're constantly like pilots. We're like pilots going through that pre-flight checklist of like, do I have this? Am I ready for this? What would I do if this happened? You know? And so back at busy tonight. I know everybody had like a good laugh when I was like, let's, when we were getting ready for our first show, let's all close our eyes and walk through what the show is going to be and envision every single part of what we're supposed to do and how it's supposed to go. And let's envision it going correctly. And let's envision if it goes a little awry, how we'll handle it so that in the moment when that happens, you can just keep moving forward. But not everybody has to live like that. No, I mean, I think there's a couple of things here, too. Like, we don't get to fail because we don't get a second chance. I watched right. this I watched this show, um, The Movies That Made Us, and it's a really fun documentary series. Yes, and it, like, I like it. And, and, it, and they, did the, um, I did, they did an episode where they went in-depth about how um, Home Alone got made. And the director of Home Alone uh, was this white dude who made a movie that fucking bombed, like 100% bombed. But the writer of Home Alone, what's his name? I always forget, like, important white men. Uh, he, like, did The Breakfast Club, too. Um, John Hughes. John Hughes. John Hughes. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was him. Please don't drag me if that's not right. But he, like, was, he had so much clout. He was like, I want this man to direct. And everybody was like, but his movie was bad. And he was like, I, he's the only choice. And it's like, we don't get to have a complete fucking bomb of a movie and then <laughs> get the biggest family comedy of all time to get to direct it because some other dude said it was okay also like i um like finally got i I had never been on set for um uh like a tv show so when i did my episode of a television show i like got to watch like a bunch of directors i went down there um when they were filming and i was like oh i could do this like i think you have to see it to believe it but i was like i could do this and then i talked to a network and I was like I want to direct how does that happen and they were like well we have to have a director who will let you shadow and I was like but if you hire only white men who don't let people shadow you will never ever ever have anybody but white men like directing and I was like when you figure it out, call me. So <laughs> I was like, it's not my job to figure out why you only got a bunch of straight white dudes directing for you. But also you should realize that you shouldn't hire anybody who's not willing to teach someone else how to do this because obviously that's job security for them, but that's fucked up. So I think that we don't get to fail and we're not giving opportunities the way that men are to just be bad. Like men get to be bad on the job. I've never been bad at anything in public. Like, <laughs> you know, that's what I always say. I'm always like, I just want the opportunity to fuck up as much as guys. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. It's just like, once you see, cause there's so many, um, men directors like the first time you get a woman director you're like oh shit you thought the way that they directed was the way that it was done and then you see a woman and she's prepared as hell and you were like wait a minute you all are scammers (laughs) 
Well, prior to Busy Tonight, you had never been directed by a woman. Is that true, Busy? No, no, no. I have I had, had, had women, directors. women directors. I've never I had never had a female showrunner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm so lucky because Meredith Scardino is our showrunner on yeah. uh Girls Five Eva. <laughs> um you guys, the songs. I can't wait. I'm so mad that I can't like I but again, I already have already almost You're pushing ruined it. my life with my You're on thin with, ice. I'm on thin ice with this podcast, guys. And how <laughs> My radical honesty is honestly not radical for my life at this moment <laughs> in time. I need to rein it in a little is the message that I'm getting. I'm really um, excited for this show. Like I rarely am excited for TV because you you know how the sausage is made, you know? Yeah. But I'm really excited for this. Like everybody in it, like even if I didn't know you busy, I was a fan of yours. So like, it's really fun that every black person knows busy from, um, white chicks. Every black person loves busy. Everybody is always just like that girl from white chicks is so funny. So like, (laughs) uh, so like even this show, I was like, I like everybody in it already. So like, I'm excited for this and I don't really get excited for TV, but this is going to be so fun. (laughs) It's also so nice to just work with lovely women who are all super talented, like the best at what they do. Oh yeah. You know, like Sarah Bareilles is incredible. Renee Elise Goldsberry. Did you guys see Hamilton? Did you see? Oh yeah. She was with her in it. Me too. Oh, you're, I'm I mean, so jealous. and she's in the movie, and she does it in the movie too. The movie, or the yeah, filmed version. Yeah. Um, and Paula Pell is like a legend. Like she's yeah. a legend, and I'm obsessed with her. And then um, Ashley Park and Erica. Wait, what's Erica's last name? I always forget Erica's last name. I'm sorry, Erica. <laughs> she. They're both from Mean Girls on Broadway, and Ashley Park's also in that Emily from Paris show. Um, uh, Emily from Paris. Emily from Paris. Emily from Paris. They got mad at us. The internet came and tw- and not Twitter. Um, Netflix was like, "It's supposed to rhyme." It's like, girl, no, it don't. That's like when somebody <laughs> wait. That was like Lacroix. Was when like enjoy Lacroix. Yeah. yeah. No, because like, remember, yeah. people were calling it Lacroix. La and then they and then they were like no it's enjoy LaCroix I I also really appreciate it because like uh Americans always try to make something fancy so we were like it must be LaCroix and they were like nah it's just it's not that and then the one time we did not try to make something fancy Netflix Mm. was like uh could you try and we were (laughs) like no (laughs) oh my gosh Erica Henningsen Sorry, I just I did right see now. Mean Girls with the original cast though. So, oh, so you saw her. Okay, so yeah, Erica I've seen Henningsen, them. They were so good. <laughs> they're so good. And so, like in flashbacks, they're in the '90s band with us. Anyway, oh I don't want to tell too much of the story, but like they're fucking pros. Like yeah. their voices are so good, and it really illuminates for me how I'm a girl who really kills at karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> I it, it, it I really have a nice voice, another. guys, it but is, I do I, not know harmonies. I don't. I know can't harmonize. Can you harmonize? I I can no. only. I can't harmonize. I, if I hear a note, like I always say, I can sing, but I'm not a singer. Because like, if I hear a note, I'm gonna sing that note. You gotta harmonize. We just gonna sing the same thing. If you sing a beat, <laughs> I'm gonna sing a beat. If you want, if, 
If you want to harmonize, you you gotta do it. We gonna sing the same note. Shantira, that's my character's joke on the show. Is I'm like, I always just go to whatever the note the person next to me is singing. But like, I, also in real life, I always I just go to the note of whatever the person next to me is singing. Sound, it's it's in tune. It still sound good. I remember yeah. I did a show in Second City, and we had to start with some fucking ooze. And shout out to Joe Boy, my friend. He had to walk by me and go, ooh, in my ear. And then I go, ooh. And then he I have to get as far away from me as possible and sing another note. Because if he was too close, we was going to sing the same note. The harmony was gone. Oh, my gosh. It's so hard. I can harmonize really well, but I have, like, intense stage fright. So I never sing oh. in front of anyone. <laughs> Why would you tell us that? That's such I'm a... I'm just telling you. It's just like, I have the greatest talent of all time. But I will, no, no, no. I will never, ever share it with you. <laughs> I, I am also an okay singer and I can harmonize, but I just cannot sing. I can't help you, but I refuse. <laughs> what, speaking of Eric Gurian, one time he was like, what is a situation in which you could sing? And I was like, I don't know, like maybe I could sing over the phone. And so then he would always like call me and be like, okay, give it to me. And like, I can't. <laughs> Oh my god! Do you sing now? in your car? I sing in my car. I you sing gotta sing in the in shower. The shower. I sing in my house. Uh, but yeah, and I think that my son is the same because I think one time, Lincoln. I'm sorry. I think one time he <laughs> forgot I was in the house and he started singing while he was playing his guitar and it was really good. And then he remembered like 30 seconds later that I was there and stopped. <laughs> And then so one time I just asked him casually, like, I have to ask you something really personal. Are you a good singer? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> Both of you in front of the family. I, I would never have a hidden talent. If I had a talent, yeah. I would give it, I would give it, I'd give it away. I would tell everybody about it. I would put it on TikTok. I would download TikTok to show you my talent. <laughs> it feels for me, it's really, it's a weird situation. It really, you know, have you ever gotten lightheaded because you're like, having a panic attack or oh like, yeah that's exactly i lived how, on a cruise ship <laughs> yes yes that's exactly how trying to sing in front of people makes me feel uh, i'm so bummed because me and Dizzy are great at holding the same note we need some I, help i know we need a harmony need and a also harmony. i feel like this i don't know i don't know it's don't very know. funny to me harmony is so you, hard if you I'll can do you it a Matt recording Pops. of myself singing one time but then we're just going to sing the same note. No, we I'm need a harmony. Like maybe, yes, you can record yourself singing and then I'll like do a harmony over it and we'll all do it like transactionally. Separate. <laughs> I love it. Let's okay. do it. Me and Busy will sing the exact same note. Exact same note. <laughs> I mean, I just like we went and recorded some of the songs for the show and mm -hmm. like it was so fun, but also... It was so hard. And also like, here's, okay, we ne we, did, we didn't get to what we're all doing our best at this week yet, but because we were just talking. But um, I feel like I'm allowing myself to also not be my best at something. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not actually, I don't know how to be in a recording studio like Sarah Bareilles or any of the women that I'm working with and- and I'm not great at harmonizing, but I'm trying and I'm doing my best. And like, you know, and it's hard for me because, you know, I'm such a perfectionist. I cried when I couldn't even get the mouth, the throat scope down. Yeah. So like for me to not 
to feel like, oh God, okay, I'm prepared. Like I'm prepared. But then I'm like, I've lost it. What is the note? (laughs) Like I can't do it. You know? So they were like, okay, busy. (laughs) Okay. Got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Let's do it right now. Um, so I feel like I've been. You have your own Joel Boyd. (laughs) I have my own Joel Boyd. But I've been like, I feel like I've been doing my best at like allowing myself the freedom of like not, not being hard on myself for not knowing how to do this, that not allowing it to like, yeah, to make me feel bad or, or like that, that I should know how like to retain choreography in my brain. Yeah. It's because staying in your lane or like knowing what your lane is, is really hard because like, especially if you're open to trying new things, being open to trying new things and not, trying to be the most excellent at it it's very hard for me because i'll try anything and then i'll be like and now i must master it and some shit you just can't you just aren't the master even if you like it a lot (laughs) right and and i think that's important because like i see it with one of my kids where like she's very hesitant to try things that she doesn't know if she's going to be good at oh yeah that's like that's me for sure I always would do stuff and like never tell anybody I knew how to do it. That's how it was for like improv. I like did a bunch of solo shows. I just was like, I'll do it by myself and get good. And then one day I'll play with like five other people and they'll be like, how'd you get so good? I like only want to do stuff in front of people unless I'm like a champion. Like I never want anybody to see me doing poorly. So that's my I think vibe. it's like I think that's a, an issue probably culturally, you know, because yeah. what's uh, because we put so much emphasis on natural talent mm-hmm. and prodigies and people that are just amazing right out of the gate. But the truth is, like a lot of these things we're talking about, they do take practice to get proficient or to get decent at. And even people that are masters at things still put in tons of hours of practice. And so, you know, like you see it all the time. Kids that are good at art get frustrated because they're not as good at art as they wish to be like right off the bat and but it takes like takes 10,000 hours you know that's it you just have to keep practicing it might also be like Gladwell yes Malcolm Gladwell it also might be like just like a girl thing because I think boys get to just like do I'm doing a dance do whatever they want I'm like you know kind of like loosey goosey girls at a young age are like I need to be the best because like I don't want anybody to think like girls can't do this or like I can't do this like if a boy fails it's like that's okay like you'll figure it out if a girl fails all of a sudden she's like the keystone of all of her gender for no, all of this, humanity right. right this is like I was about to say she and here are the same thing like this is all kind of the same conversation absolutely right? like, yeah like men are allowed to show up and be like, vibe it, like whatever it is, it is. <laughs> it's a vibe. And women are like, I have to be an expert before I will dip my toe into those waters. And I guess like, I do wish that more men were able to, to, I wish that we could like meet in the middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I wish more women. Men should be better and women should be allowed to not be experts. That's the middle. (laughs) There you go. I love it. That's it, guys. Well, we solved that. 
We so. solved. We solved it. Podcast we solved over. Gender parity and equality on this show, and I feel like that's all we could ask for on this Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, um, not going to be a problem going forward. Yeah, we fixed it. <laughs> Ooh, Casey, did you just pop in Olipop? I did. Uh, guys, it's time for a little soda break. But soda, busy. You haven't had soda in years. Well, now I do. This is actually true. I have actually bought, I've been buying Olipop for a couple years. I they or they sent it to me once a couple years ago to try, and I do really enjoy it. And so then I will pick it up. Um. But it's not a regular soda. It's like a healthy alternative and it tastes like regular soda. Olipop is like, it's a soda that comes in all these like nostalgic flavors that we love, like cola, vintage cola, classic root beer, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, and strawberry vanilla. But it has so, so, so much less sugar than. So the two that we actually purchase in our home. Uh, is the root beer and the orange squeeze. Those are yeah. like the two that I'm obsessed with. They're so delicious. And they also contain nine grams of plant right. fiber in each can. There's and probiotics, right? Pre- prebiotics and probiotics. So oh, AKA right. good bacteria f- for your gut. And those are like the hardest things to work into your diet. And now I suddenly agree. you can just drink a fun soda and get a huge amount yeah. of these things that you need. I really, really genuinely like Olipops. And, uh, you know, it's like there's only two to five grams of sugar from natural sources. No added sugar. And just just so you know, just for comparison, Coca-Cola has 39 grams of sugar. That's a lot. Also, we were talking about, like, heading into trying to keep us all healthy and well, like... I don't know if you guys get into this or you fuck with this, but sugar is not great for your immune system. And I'm trying to keep it low sugar because you know I'm a real sugar fiend, but I'm trying to also stay healthy because I'm on set and I'm taking vitamins and I'm doing like a bunch of other stuff, but this is like an easy way to get like a little kick and probiotics and prebiotics are really good for you, for your immune system and staying healthy too. So we love it. You should try it. I think- you know, look, just a cup of ice and put the soda in it. And FYI, all the products are non-GMO, vegan, paleo, and keto friendly. So if you're doing any of those deals uh, where you want to have less than like eight grams of net carbs per can, Olipop, that's what it has. Listen, get on the keto train. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why, but do whatever you want to do. I'm just saying uh, we, I, we like it. We use it. And now I want you to try it. Um, So we worked out a deal, an exclusive, as Cricket likes to say, 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. It's a great way. You can try all of the flavors. Go to drinkolipop.com slash best or use code best, B-E-S-T, at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L. I-P-O-P dot com slash best. The discount is only valid for the variety pack. 
Olipop can also be found in over 3,000 stores across the country, including Whole Foods, which is where I buy it, Sprouts, Kroger, Wegmans, and Air Juan. Guys, Olipop is so confident that you're going to love these sodas that they offer a 100% money-back guarantee for orders placed through their own website. Get your Olipop on! Olipop! Pretty little, pretty little, pretty little. Why you so pretty? You're a pretty little. Here's the deal, guys. I got to try to figure out how to get these cats across country. You know, in non-COVID times, there's a cat driving service. Not a joke. I looked it up. Um, no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's in the cards for my for my cats <laughs> that are currently living in LA um, with our daughter's longtime nanny, Ileana, uh, and actually probably, can I be honest, like really enjoying themselves. <laughs> like, and they're definitely living their best lives because we've switched them to Pretty Litter. We're obsessed. We love it. The cats love it. Um, we've never loved, having two cats is a lot. Cat people out there, you know. Um, and I've never loved a litter box moment. Uh but Pretty Litter is kitty litter reinvented. It's unlike traditional litter. It's super light crystals. They trap the odor. They release moisture resulting in dry, low maintenance litter that doesn't smell. I swear to you, we really noticed a difference when we started using Pretty Litter. They started sending it to us before they were advertising on our podcast because I had to make sure that Pretty <laughs> Litter was legitimate litter. Legitimate litter. <laughs> that pretty litter was legit a litter. Anyway, um, it arrives safely at my door in a small lightweight bag that lasts up to a month. I love not having to go to a pet shop and getting those heavy, heavy bags of litter. It's not, this isn't that. This is a different thing. Um, yeah, I don't have to deal with like any last minute trips. And above all, I really do appreciate this. It's a it's a kitty parent hero because it has a health indicator built in. It monitors our cat's health by changing colors when it detects potential underlying issues. You That's do genius. not find that kind of innovation in conventional litter. If you have a cat who's had any kind of kidney issues, you know what I'm talking about. You have to really be careful and watch it and the and like somehow the pretty litter people are geniuses and figured out how to give us a little sign that the cat's not, the cat needs some attention. So get the world's smartest litter without leaving home by visiting prettylitter.com and use the promo code BEST, B-E-S-T, for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code BEST for 20% off, prettylitter.com, promo code best. I mean, I will say in uh, popular culture this week, that actor kid, I really went off on it on my Instagram stories, but that actor kid, Lucas um, Gage, Lucas oh, Gage yeah. and his that was audition with the director being an asshole about his apartment. Hollywood, break. people might not know. Cause that's like, it was very big on Twitter, right? It was yes. also like, it was very viral. And then it was like, there were articles written about it. It was big, a big trending story. But basically this, this actor, young actor, good looking white kid. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, yeah. all the privilege in the world guys with that beautiful white face. Um, 
And he's really cute. Who is he? Does anyone, I mean, I don't even, I didn't look him up, but I, I don't he's know. He's been in a lot of things. He's, yeah, yeah, he is. Yes, he's like, yeah. I mean, by the way, from what I heard, who the director is, he's a big director. Yeah. 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 He, but he, anyway. admi- he admitted it. He, the director, oh, he did? The director wrote a piece for Deadline Apologize. Oh, he did? He oh, did. shit. I missed, the, I missed the coda. What? What happened? Tell me. The director just said he, at first he said he wasn't going to apologize. And the director's name is Tristram Shapiro. I know um, Tristram. He's Ooh. directed, and people say he's lovely. People he say directed he's, my pilot. There of you go. of uh, Sackett sisters. There you go. And Ooh. he, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so he's he's worked on his Tristram sh- Tristram Shapiro Tristram. And so a lot of people say he's lovely to work with. And at first, I guess he people figured out who he was based on you know put the pieces together. I heard puzzle. it was somebody else. Oh yeah, a lot of people thought it was somebody else. And so like. I kind of applaud that he came forward because uh, he doesn't want anyone else getting dragged <laughs> for mm-hmm. for what he did. But he said that he was trying to be sympathetic. He was trying to say, I feel bad for these poor people in their apartments. Look at this guy's TV is in the background. He wasn't muted. And so then this actor, Lucas, said oh no, you're not muted. I know it's a shitty apartment. That's why you need to give me this job. I, I need this job so I can get a better apartment. But then he posted it to Twitter and everybody sort of got on Lucas's side saying like, you know, they took it like this director was insulting him, but the director in his apology said he was saying it with empathy, but still he was mortified that he was overheard. I mean, listen, it does. That is interesting because I do know Tristram. Tristram. But this is the thing, group, group chat, baby. Don't yeah. say don't say well, shit he, on Zoom. Always just take it to never. the group chat. And <laughs> definitely, definitely, do not masturbate on Zoom. Yeah, oh my for gosh. sure. Like that's a that's a definite. Um, that's gotta guys, be a make no. sure that make sure that camera's turned off. <laughs> <laughs> what it was so weird. You guys at home probably know that we're talking about Jeffrey Tubin was fired from. Uh, from his journalism job for masturbating on an uh, a big work Zoom call, he thought that he was in a private room on Zoom. Um, Still but, at work, don't do it. Don't do it on Zoom. Don't. Well, that's do what it. I'm saying. And what was so weird about that is how many people, uh, you defended know, him. from his colleagues, yeah, his colleagues at the New Yorker to like other journalists defended him and they were like, he shouldn't have to pay his entire life for this one mistake. And I'm like, jerking off at work is like a really huge really mistake. mistake. I've yeah. never done it. He I've also never. has a history of like doing fucked up stuff. He's like a piece of shit. So oh, I said it. So he didn't deserve a job. No way. So, uh, <laughs> I think that that's a thing too, that we could talk about in this culture also is that like, Grown adult white men are treated as if they are boys and people of color who are boys are treated as if they are men. So like he's a 50 year, like a 50 year old man who worked for the New Yorker. Keep your dick in your pants. Like he doesn't get an excuse. You know what I mean? Like if some 13 year old boy is jerking it and he forgets to take off his fucking camera, I'll be like, yeah, you fucked up. You're a child. He right. just, I'll just never understand the need <laughs> to that <drink> instant. <laughs> what is so get hot? it off? What is so get hot it off? about? Like, I mean, what is wrong with me? Get it off. Well, 
Get it off, get it on. Hey, man. <laughs> Whatever it is. I just will never understand. Like, yeah, in your in a work Zoom, you're like, ugh, I just got to fucking rub one out. I've never, also, just go, I've never just been, been that the horny. At, yeah. I've never I've, been that horny. Wait, shout out to like working with all women. We've said this before, but it was like, any if there was HR there, they would have been mad because somebody would walk in and we'd be like, you fine ass bitch. You look so good. Did you get a new sweater? And then everybody's Jasmine, like, yeah, Jasmine. Jasmine. Jasmine, you're so hot. We would have definitely gotten in trouble. And we all took the um, we all took the Kinsey quiz oh, yeah. to see like what our number was on the Kinsey scale. I love everyone's work. a two. Every, okay, everyone's unless a two. You're, unless you're unless a producer, you're... <laughs> a producer. It was like all of the producers were zeros. They were so straight, and everybody, all the writers, everybody <laughs> was a, a two. But I also love that. Um, Janae, shout out. Uh, everybody like kept getting gayer. Like we took it like we like took it like right when we started doing the show in like November and everyone was like a one or a two. And by like May, everyone was like a four. Janae was like, I'm a four now. I was like, you're full blown bisexual now? It was oh. so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, by the way, guys, we're doing our magic show, you know, tomorrow night. Yes. Yes. And yes. And uh, Ray well, was going tonight. over. It's tonight, by the oh, way. Oh, wait, tonight. It's tonight. Yeah, it's, it's, tonight. Yeah, it's tonight. Yeah. Okay, we're doing our magic show tonight. Um, and and classic, not doing my best form. Work schedule changed. So I might just be popping in and out of the magic <laughs> show. We don't know what's going to happen. Maybe I'll have, maybe I'll make Sarah Bareilles come be a special guest. Ooh, or Renee or nice. Paula Pell. Magic show hosting duties are going to take place on the set of her show because because she tried to say that she had a hard out. But here's also Hollywood break. When you're working on something, there is no such thing as a hard out. Remember though, like I do, I don't understand that Thanksgiving's not actually a holiday. Remember (laughs) what happened on Busy Tonight where I was like, oh, I booked a Disney cruise. Wait, what do you mean we have to work on the week of Thanksgiving? And you're like, well, we have to do shows Thanksgiving's just one day busy. And I was like, I know, but don't we just take the whole week off? And you're like, no, no, never. Listen, and we had to rearrange this whole, the whole schedule so we could go on a Disney cruise, RIP cruises. Yeah, RIP. it's true. Never you, again. I admire about you is that you really have like, you really will like go on a trip. Like it's important to you to go on a trip. You don't, you know, I've worked at places where I've planned trips <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, that we- feels like an insult compliment. <laughs> you will go on a trip. You know what I really admire about you? How much time you take off. <laughs> but I'm saying I've worked in places where like the host decides that they want to cancel their trip. And then suddenly everyone's trip is canceled, you know, and there's no, and there's no option to be like, you know, a busy tonight if you were taking a trip. But we also had like other people that were like, oh, I'm supposed to go on this batch party it's been happening for like a year and we you were guys, like wasn't yeah. it Carly that left for like three weeks to go yeah, on some like trek around leave. somewhere with her mom I swear <laughs> it, she did take a vacation that had been planned for a long time it wasn't that long it just felt like a long time because it was really, a long time we really wished she didn't have to do it but we we respected that she did. So yeah, but I've worked in places where they're like, yeah, I mean, when I worked at Letterman every yeah. year, we worked every on day. Thanksgiving day. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I mean, I used to work retail same and like people come in and I'll be like, what about like it's Thanksgiving. You need this Why? Merino wool today. You yeah. have, 
You like ate mm-hmm. ham, you ate turkey and macaroni, and you were like, now I must get as many cashmere sweaters as possible on Michigan. <laughs> I would just be like, why are you here? This is all fake. Stop. Uh, and then when my shift was over, I too would buy a merino wool sweater. <laughs> <laughs> At Letterman, our um, our studio was on Broadway, and so when we would have to work on Thanksgiving Day, depending on where you got off the subway, you would have to convince someone, you'd have to convince a police officer to let you across the street where the Macy's Day Parade was happening, and you'd have to be like, uh, no, but I work over there. Please, sir, I'm begging you. And they'd be like, well, Snoopy's coming right now, so. <laughs> oh, my God. But you know the whole, the parade's, like, obviously been there's like some new thing that they've done it's like, like digital they're gonna do performances digitally right right well they've are they've recorded a bunch of them apparently like they've done like a lot of broadway performances and stuff but like there are floats and there are balloons i guess but they're just not there's not like a parade they're like filming them at different times anyway there were some up on like 34th today, just like randomly, like just random floats. Can I tell you something? I mm-hmm. am, this is the time when I'm most happy not to be in New York City anymore because I have a phobia of those fucking balloons. And so I'm just so happy. They're really to- dangerous. They like take out windows if they're not careful. <laughs> yeah, there was like a, <laughs> they're a lady big. that like, one you could die. One, yeah. yeah, like it took down a telephone pole <laughs> or like a light pole and killed yeah. someone but yeah, okay yeah, not I laughing really... at the killing part but like no that is funny to me that it just like like charlie brown could just like take out like three light poles it's wild <laughs> and when i again when i worked at the ed sullivan theater they went right by at window yeah. level and i would be like just shitting my pants all day long <laughs> i like them i've always liked the macy's thanksgiving day parade my mom really always has liked it and so i've always liked watching it Olay is having a float this year guys which is oh great a big deal I, but I'm not love, on it, and I don't even know where it is. I love it, I um, those floats because I love who they get to sing on them. Yes, and like yes. It's, like, so fun. They'll be like, from the chorus of Hamilton, it is. And I'll be like, wait, what? <laughs> and they'll be like, from Disney Channel show that was out six years ago, this is. And I'll be like, wait, who? I love it. I'll be like, this is your break, bitch. Do make I, it count. Make it I count. I remember, like, I want, I wanted so bad. The year Freaks and Geeks came out, yeah. they flew Linda Cardellini. You know how they always have, like, random-ass yeah. television people on? Yes. They flew Linda Cardellini and her family and, um, I think... Uh, John Francis Daly and his family to New York and they were like on the float waving the new from the new NBC show Freaks and Geeks it's Linda Cardellini oh my god John I, Francis Daly and I remember I was like oh man that would have been so cool to be on that float like what parade have you ever so been in a parade weird. have you ever been no like, in a, okay oh. so like Oh, like yeah, a little, like a local one. Like I, yeah, yeah, I was, I was in a local one. When I was in high school, I was in the marching band, so we had to. My just favorite like, thing about you. <laughs> we had to, we had to march in all of these like springtime Tallahassee parades, and just like walk for miles, like holding my flute and like stop and play music. And like ever since then, I know that I don't have it in me to do a Macy's Day parade. I know that like <laughs> I'm all tapped out. I don't want to walk forever. I don't want to be like stuck because like. Everybody watching you is getting a show, but you're just on the same float forever. <laughs> it's just yeah. like being in bad traffic. 
<laughs> for <It's> days. Really, <laughs> yes, I was a cheerleader. I was in drum and bugle corps when I was a okay. kid. So a lot of parades. And then I was a cheerleader in high school. So not so many parades, but it is. It's like often, you know, all those holidays where they have parades are fucking hot. And then, you know, you have like the band mom that is like the volunteer and she runs around like squirting water in water your ba- mouth. Yep, yep, yep. They just to like help you survive. <laughs> yeah. But my parents like eventually like I don't have any kids, but eventually like y- my dad has seen enough springtime Tallahassee parades. So he'd be like, where do I drop you off? You call me and I'll come get you. When the pr- It'd be like five miles away. He'd be like, I'm just going to go. And then he'd take me to get pizza. He's like, I don't need to watch. I don't need to watch. This is my eighth springtime <laughs> Tallahassee parade and it's the same <laughs> I appreciate oh that your dad also had boundaries oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad would be like, like no <laughs> he was like I've seen me. you play the 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 Lincoln High School fight song and you can call me Al a hundred thousand times <laughs> I don't need to watch you walk up <laughs> the Magnolia Street for like four miles but he would always take me to go get pizza after he was like you did good kid and I'd be like Pizza! It was the best. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I was thinking about our chat with our guest today. Mia oh, yeah. Bardalis. It's so great. I was so happy to meet her. Like, I'm happy to meet everyone. But, like, sometimes I'm just like, this is very cool for me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you love that movie? I want to watch it again now. I it's love actually, that like, movie. You know what? It's a great Thanksgiving movie. It's a great sure. Thanksgiving movie. Um, yeah, my big fat Greek wedding is kind of just like a classic um okay so it holds before up. we really <laughs> quick before we get to nia you guys anything else you guys are doing your best at this week do you want to talk about or are you good the most exciting thing that happened to me this week and it it has nothing to do with how good or how i'm doing my best is that dolly parton's sister stella followed <gasps> me on twitter oh my <gasps> gosh she's what <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know why I must have like just uh, responded to a tweet that she was included in or I I don't I'm not sure how it happened. I'm not sure what I did to deserve it. But I and I always hate when people brag about who followed them on social media because it's like, oh, it's it's exciting. But Stella Parton, that's pretty exciting. That's Uh, super exciting. It's very exciting. I'm excited for you. Maybe I love you that. get the vaccine. Maybe you can get the vaccine. <laughs> Maybe I can get the vaccine first. Maybe Stella Parton would be a, a guest on our podcast. She is also a singer and, uh, you know, following in her sister's footsteps. And like, she just has that, you know, the that Parton blood running through her. That's so fun. I love that. Twitter is a hellscape, but it is so mm. fun when someone that you like g- genuinely like, like, like follows you or like interacts with your tweet. It's like, because it's like in real life, if you bothered that person, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't want to bother you. But right. if they just follow you, you were like, I didn't even do anything. This is yeah. so nice. Do you, I, <laughs> have you ever gotten stage fright on Twitter because of someone who followed you? Uh, do you want to know who followed me? And I took a screenshot and sent it to my friend. And if she listens to this, please don't unfollow me. <clears throat> Audra McDonald fucking followed me <gasps> on Twitter. I mean, come and on. And I literally, I'm a ghost. This is a ghost. Gonna- I, I, I passed away. And this is my ghost on this podcast. Because I saw it. And then I took a screenshot and took it and, sh- and sent it to Dwayne. I was like, I don't know what I said. But I hope I don't ever say anything to make her go away. <laughs> Wait, I, have, I have something to tell you now. <laughs> what? I'm on a group chat with Audra No, I'm Ooh. obsessed. I'm obsessed. <laughs> uh, Oh my god! I'm on a oh. I'm on a wild COVID oh. group oh my chat. God. 
with Audra McDonald. I even so, left her. I mean, on, do I even? Can I even share the other people? It's wild. Don't, don't, I mean, that's don't. up to you. I, no, I, all I'm then, saying is, she's great. I love. I even loved her in private practice. I like was because like I don't usually see who follows me because like it's it just kind of happens. But yeah. I opened my phone and it said Audra McDonald, and I was like, you know how some people like put famous people names in their fucking shit, and I was like, sure. oh maybe this is like a stand. It is like her. when I thought Kanye West had followed me <laughs> a few years ago. <laughs> And I was like, I was oh like, my God. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a Stan account. And then I was like, oh my fucking God. Dwayne! <laughs> so um, that is the coolest thing that has ever happened to me in my life. <laughs> I love that. That is very cool. Um, well, and then, you know, and you love talking with Nia Vardalas and we should talk to her. You guys, she's just the best. Nia's the best. She was so is. nice. It was so cool. I loved our conversation. And uh, I hope you get a lot from this conversation because she's really, it was really inspiring to me. So take a listen. Oh my God, Bev. I'm obsessed with Bev. You guys, I love a drink in a can. I love a drink in a can. Bev is my new favorite. I love this girl. First of all, female founded business, female owners, ladies who are like, let's put some wine in a can so everybody can have exactly the amount of wine they want to drink at the end of their 14 hour shoot day. Hi, <laughs> they made it for me. Yes. Um, I love it. Also, you know, I love an Aperol spritz, right? But you're like, right. am I opening up like a sparkling wine? Cause then it's going to go flat and I'll just want one. What the f- it's Bev. This is the answer to everything. You guys, I'm not kidding. I try. Yes. I opened. I loved that rosé. I opened them all and did a taste test and then got real drunk. We were texting. <laughs> were it, was we texting? On the group, it was on our group chat about how you did a taste test and you. I mean, I truly, yeah, I like enjoyed all of them and just was zonked out after yes um, I love anything with that has a little fizz so that's what's special for me and they're very dry and really crisp and fresh so I just love being able to pop a can and have a little bev I think I also just think it's like I like that okay this is why women this is sort of like what we've been talking about this is what the whole start of the show is about like women just do things better and like more thoughtfully <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they know that we don't need the whole giant bottle of wine, but like a little sippy sip is going to be great. It's going to do you good. And there's For a Wednesday. Zero, there's zero you know? sugar. There are only three carbs and a hundred calories per serving. I love that. I love not having to worry that I'm wasting, you know, all my carbs on just a little drink. I mean, I used the, uh, I think I used the extra fizzy sparkling white wine for my Aperol spritz that I got, but then I drank the rosé and I threw in some ice cubes because I'm not above it. <laughs> a Sauve Blanc and a Pinot Gris, which yeah. I love a Pinot Gris, but you know what? Here's the thing too. That's what you just, a, a glass and a half. That's my, that's my weekday limit guys. That's the That's, perfect amount. And it ships straight to your door and shipping is free. I love Bev. I just love it. So here's our deal. Here is our deal. 
for the Busy Phillips is doing her best podcast. Listen, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, you're going to receive 25% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. I suggest getting that limited edition sparkling glitz and then making a little Aperol spritz, a winter Aperol spritz. Guess what? Mm. Add pomegranate. Boom. There we go. Orange, pomegranate, throw in a cranberry, festive. That's it. Um, And we also enjoy the best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack. Check out their three most popular varietals. To claim the deal, you must go to drinkbev.com slash busy. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V. B-E-V. Did I just say that? (laughs) well that's it guys she's lost it (laughs) that's d-r-i-n-k-b-e-v dot com slash busy guys we got sleep stress recovery whether it's in the gym whether it's at work these things are important to how we meet our days. I know for a fact when I don't sleep well, I'm a real fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's so confusing right now. Everybody is like, has it ever been dark this early ever before in the world, in the history of the world? It feels crazy. And then I just feel like I'm not having restful sleep. So we got sent this thing, New Calm, and it is kind of amazing. It's like a stress management system. It's the first of its kind, clinically proven in over a million sessions um, to improve your sleep and reduce your stress and boost your recovery. I'm down for trying whatever without sleeping pills because sleeping pills terrify me and I'm afraid that that would be how I would die. Yeah. Um, is that too dark for this ad for New Calm? Maybe. But it's a system. It uses neuroscience. It consists of three non-invasive, non-pharmaceutical items that are included in your monthly subscription. That, by the way, costs less than a daily cup of coffee. The whole process is very easy to use and to work into your routine to achieve better sleep and reduce your stress and boost your recovery. And I just really, you know, we got to try all the things, guys. Not everything's going to work for every person, but you never know unless you try. Uh, I think that you should join us in our in our current new yeah. calm journey, in our new calm journey, and let us know. Do what I did. You need to own the day with new calm. We have a special link set up specifically for our listeners. Go to busy new calm dot com and get 50% off your 30 day subscription of new calm and their money back guarantee. That's B U S Y N U C A L M dot com. Busy N U C A L M dot com. Nia. Wait, is that your dog, Nia? Whose dog? He, he is. He when I he hears me on a Zoom, he thinks I yes. said S N A C K. And he's like, oh. <laughs> 
I get it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He came, he came right back because he's. Oh, okay. Uh, he wants to be in on it. He's a criminal. How's it going, Nia? It's been so. I haven't seen you in so long. First of all, I want to just say for our listeners at home, because we're not a podcast that posts a Zoom, um, you look fantastic. <laughs> yeah. The hair color, your blowout, I don't know what is going. I'm like into what is it. I'm sexy. I'm into it. What's happening? Yeah. It's like a very hot Nancy Myers film is happening yes. in you, Nia's you Zoom box. You definitely have like a vibe. Like a Diane Keaton, you definitely have two islands in your crib for sure. <laughs> is, I was just going to say, if I'm in a Nancy Myers film, then I have a fantastic kitchen. Oh my gosh, two <laughs> islands. Oh, yeah. the dream. Yeah. You guys, thank you. It's Zoom. I think that I love the distance. Like, you don't even know if I have BO. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You look hot. Yeah. yeah. I, I bet your really BO good. smells like intriguing. <laughs> it smells like feta cheese. Oh. That means Which you, I that love. Just, that just <laughs> means Me you've really lived a life. You've lived a life. That's what it means. <laughs> I'm so excited to see you all. Hi. Oh, Except for Laura, who's hidden. Still. Laura's hidden. Laura's our producer, and she never shows her face, but it's very cute if yeah. you ever get to see <laughs> yeah. it. Well, Nia, the last time that we saw you, and actually Casey and I were together, uh, we saw Tiny Beautiful Things in Ugh. Pasadena at the Pasadena Playhouse. And it is so phenomenal. And I remember when you, it was announced that you were doing at the pub, doing it at the public theater in New York. And I always loved that book. And I just thought, oh, well, that's it. That's the perfect person. I, so the first thing I just want to ask you about is how did that idea even come to you that you wanted to turn that into a show? And in, when I, cause since I hadn't seen it, I had just heard about it at the public. I assumed it was a one-woman show, but it's really not. It's really so beautifully done. I just would love to know where that came, like how how you got inspired to do it. That's so nice to say. Thank you. First of all, I've, you know, busy. We've known each other for a long time. And and Casey, when I first met you, I mean, we were, our faces were swollen with tears after that <laughs> yes. show, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is, it's like a cathartic thing that happens to us on stage too. And this is how it came to be. Years ago, I did 24-hour plays on Broadway and Tommy Kale directed me. And uh, I know, I know. Just Tommy Your friend. Kale. Your Just, friend. Yeah. Just Tommy Kale. So um, he said at the end of it, we had a good time. And he said, we're going to be friends. Took my phone, put his number in. And um, he's one of those people that actually follows through. Totally. Like, yeah. He would call me when he was in LA. I would call him when I was in New York and he kept saying, let's find something to do together. And he offered me a Broadway show and I couldn't do it because my daughter was starting kindergarten. And he called me and said, who turns down a Broadway show? And I, <laughs> I was like, a mom, you know, a mom. It was my daughter's first month yeah. of kindergarten. Yeah. And when you do Broadway, you have to sign on for 18 months. So he said, because of financing and all of that. so he That's said, a Broadway. We do a Hollywood break and that's a Broadway break. Everybody doesn't know that. That's a Broadway yeah. break right there. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Being a primarily television and film actress, I didn't know that until one of my friends did a play and she's like, oh yeah, well, otherwise you don't make any money. You have to sign on for 18 months or you won't make any money, yeah. right? And the financiers won't make money because they need to be able to guarantee ticket sales, which they yeah. release probably four months at a time, but they need to be able to say to the theater, we're going to book your theater for this amount of time. So 
I get it. I get all of it. I'm a middle child. I get both sides of it, but I, <laughs> you know, I just, I couldn't do it. So anyway, um, Tommy said, we're going to find something to do together, which again, is he's a man of his word. So one time I was in New York and he said, Hey, come to my rehearsal. <laughs> and you know how actors hate to go to people's rehearsals? Cause you're just standing there like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like just you hang by craft services or which there's none in theater no. or um you think well I could have played him you know <laughs> like it's just the worst feeling but I said what's it for and I swear to god I thought he said the life and times of Alexander Hamilton <laughs> and I thought it was an ABC after school special so I didn't want to go I didn't know what it was. And I went, oh, I don't want to go. Uh, why do I have to go to that? And he said, well, Lynn's here. So I thought, all right, I'll go by and see Lin-Manuel and Tommy Kale at this rehearsal for this thing. And I watched the scene where um, Angelica is remembering meeting Alexander Hamilton for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they go back in time. And I watched my friend, who was my friend, put that scene together. And I was like, oh, I might, I might know a genius. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh, oh, this is going to be amazing. So at that rehearsal, Tommy said, I think I have something for us to do together. And I was like, anything, anything, <laughs> you know. And he said, here's this book. It's called Tiny Beautiful Things. It was written by Cheryl Strayed while she was waiting for notes on Wild, her memoir. Mm-hmm. She became an online anonymous advice columnist. What? You know, it's so crazy. And I don't like Dear advice. Sugar. Dear yeah, Sugar. Sugar. Dear sugar. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, were you, did you know about Dear Sugar? No. Had you been? No. I was a fan of Cheryl's and also a fan of Dear Sugar. And when I found out that they were like the same person, dead. Same. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly what happened in the literary community. And I don't like advice columns because I'm from a, a large rambling family who consistently gives unsolicited advice. <laughs> <laughs> like to put Windex on everything? That's right. That's right. <laughs> on, your, on your mask zit. So I was like, I don't think no. this is going to be for me, Tommy. And um, I read it on the plane home and I, I, I told, um, I told Tommy that the flight attendant, I was crying in a way, not because it's sad, but to mm-hmm. use Cheryl Strayed's phrase, the material unzips you. Mm-hmm. And I- I'm, like, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah her, so I, I thought I had processed a lot of things and I realized on that plane ride home um, that I was carrying a lot of grief and she mm-hmm. gives you- permission to grieve and move on, which is a strange thing it, that they're, they're conflated. And yet uh, she has a way with her words because she doesn't give advice. She offers illumination. Mm. She says, yeah. I hear you. This is something that happened to you. Here's something that happened to me. Perhaps there's something in it that might be useful. So I landed. That's definitely not how my mom gives advice. That's right? Nice. <laughs> no. My mother has never once been like, this might be useful. <laughs> it's really like, you should do this. So no. I, I really appreciate no. that. No, in my family, in my family, you're just, you know, at church and an aunt gives you a coupon for eyebrow waxing. <laughs> subtle. Something that's very subtle. That's another way to give advice. And that's a different type of advice than sort of what we're dealing with 
in tiny, beautiful things and, uh, and dear sugar, but yeah, salad, so, uh, salad sometimes. Yeah. yeah. The coupon. I yeah. Don't know. So, so, um, we found Cheryl, of course we couldn't get a hold of her through agents. I know, I know people have heard this story a million times that it's theater. They think there's no money in it. Even though Tommy had been Tony nominated for In the Heights, um, no one was interested in taking our call to do a play because we both felt it was a piece of theater. And even though it's an epistolary exchange, I felt that I could arc the narrative. I didn't know how, but I just wanted to write it. Anyway, we found Cheryl through social media, of course. And um, she said- How I found most great things in my life. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And so that was it. We made what I call a hug deal because we met for tea and um, I just said, I, I would like to adapt this and I, I, I would like to interview you and find out the why. Because I write from the place of the why. What does this person want? And I couldn't see what she wanted in the book because she was so not all-knowing, but so open and candid. And then when I realized that it was about healing the death of her mother, I knew what I needed. And I, she was so open, you guys. It was unbelievable. Just would just, In table reads in New York, we would have an actor reading the story about the sexual assault she suffered at the hands of her grandfather. And Cheryl would be at the table acknowledging, yes, this is difficult for you, but I, I'm, I'm past it. <sighs> I'm crying just remembering seeing the show. Um, It just, oh my gosh, I can't recommend it. And uh, I'm crying hearing you describe how it all came to be and just remembering seeing it. Yes, Um, it's it's a thank you. It was a great experience. Oh, and then she said to me in that meeting, so do you want to play Sugar? You do want to play me? And, you know, we are bound by our ethnicity and our looks. And even though my big fat Greek wedding was me going, no, I am not going to just play these roles that I am not being offered. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to write myself a role. I still struggle. I still have difficulties with, I get offered every Greek role that's ever been written and, <laughs> and, and little else. So to have this, <laughs> to have this blonde woman say to me, do you want to play me? Was an, an amazing moment for me. And I actually realized I did. And I said, yes, please. And so that's was your thought initially that you would write and not act? I, really? I, I think I thought I was going to write it. I don't mm. know. I think I think I thought I would play one of the letter writers. I didn't know what it would turn out to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't know that sugar would be so prevalent on st- in the piece. I just didn't know as I started writing, sometimes I, I mean, I don't really outline, you know, I, I just, sort I of, love that. That's amazing. <laughs> Cause I don't either. So that's I'm a very happy to hear someone that doesn't outline. <laughs> I know that like you come from like, um, second city background. And I know that one of the things I really loved about improv is that like, uh, it, you get to be everything you ever wanted to be and everything you never wanted to be. And then when you get into like scripted theater or scripted work, like they really do take a lot of joy out of it. It's like, I used to play dragons and squirrels. Do you mean to tell me I can't play that guy's girlfriend? And they'll be like, no. So it really is interesting. Like you've been doing this for so long, but to hear you, someone who's like <laughs> written one of like the m- most popular, most seen movies in the world like to be the like- The biggest movie I, of all time. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, but just like it is, right? A yeah. No, it legitimately, <laughs> I think is the number one grossing comedy of all time, isn't it? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And I, I think that it's really um like you talk about being open. I think that it's really cool to be honest. And even then, sometimes you feel like you you won't get to do what you want to do and you can still be surprised. It's hard to be like, uh, I'm not going to get that. And then somebody be like, why not? You'd be like, damn, I didn't even know I talked myself out of that. Yeah, we do talk <laughs> ourselves out of it, you guys. I think that we manage our expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet we will tell our girlfriends to reach for the stars and our daughters. Yes. And, and yet we ourselves, why are we realists? Once we pass mm. 30, we think, wow, this is the way it's got to be. No, it doesn't. No. Yeah. No, I was doing a podcast the other day because I'm in order to get people to listen to your podcast, Mia, apparently you have to do a bunch of other people's podcasts. Anyway, I was doing a podcast and and the woman was asking me about when I first got Freaks and Geeks. and And I was like, you know, it's just, I literally never considered that it wouldn't be a possibility. That I would just like, I'm gonna move to LA, I'm gonna do two years of college and I'm gonna be on TV And I moved to LA and I did two years of college and second semester, I got that show. And then everything that came after was like me getting in my own way of saying like, you're not, you know, you're, you're not this enough. You're not that, whatever it was for a really long time until I had another pivot and I was like, oh wait, I can do something else. So, um, when my big fat Greek wedding came to be because we, you know, we talk about pivots on this show and you have had quite a few. And I, the reason why I wanted to start with tiny, beautiful things is just because it was the last time we saw you. I saw you. <laughs> we saw each other. It was such a Casey. wonderful day. It, it was, was such a beautiful day. So moving. I'm still getting, I'm getting chills again. thinking about <laughs> um, I also wanted to know if you and Tommy had talked about like doing it on the stage for, you know, Netflix or HBO. I don't know, whatever those people are doing that now, you know, like what yeah. the constitution yeah, means I think to me so. is, I think you guys should. Can I just say that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I want to so badly. And I, I, um, we're all, um, annoyingly free. So we should do it. <laughs> Yeah, I would Actually, love should to. We just, I feel like, should we loop Tommy in right now and let's just get this going? <laughs> just because- get it going? I was just thinking like how well it would work in a literal Zoom format. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. I was like, I would, That's it would be beautiful. the most compelling Zoom in the world. Really? Do you want it? Should we do that with the Geffen they're doing? I the- love <laughs> innovation. I just think it's fantastic. Like if you can yeah. figure out a way, Louis is such a Zoom bomber. I'm interested in innovation too. And I think that it's really cool in the ways that some people in this time that's been so unbelievably difficult, especially for creatives, um, have figured out ways to reach audiences or figured out ways to propel themselves. So um, that's part of what the impetus was for us starting this podcast. Louis, come here. (laughs) It's so crazy. You guys, will it feel like Blair Witch if I take you through the house and get a snack for him and give it to him? No. Oh, no. Okay. I would Let's love do- that. Please okay. come. come. I- Let's do it. I'm just going to go. I miss MTV Cribs, <laughs> so this is my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do. Right into this Yeah. Room. And then I you can't... show me your fridge, and then we do like a, a real harsh a, a real harsh edit. <laughs> I do not know why he's like this today, but he is. And I think that we need to um, satisfy his itch. We have to honor him. We yeah. have to honor Louie. I know. Yeah. I love it. 
He's so. And then I want to, and then I want to know the pivot of my big fat Greek wedding, and then the <laughs> my big fat, which I knew by the way. It's this is not in any notes. I just know that it's like the number one grossing comedy yes. of all time. Yeah, the, I was, I love them over there at Playtone. They treated me like gold before that movie made a dime. It was a, a heady experience for them. You know, like how it happened is I wrote the screenplay, didn't have representation, got on stage, did it as a solo show. Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks came. Gary Getzman, Tom Hanks's partner, came. They mm-hmm. Tom called me and said, we're, we're forming a company. Uh, we would like to make your movie our first movie. Right. I mean, that's what, that in and of itself, you're like, okay, well. Just well. mind-blowing. <laughs> Okay. The thing that really takes me just like as an artist is like um you 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 like you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. My favorite thing is them being like, So we should make this a movie. And you're like, let's go. I'm ready. I got you. And <laughs> I, I have really the screenplay. I, I have it. One of my mentors always says, uh, people always want to be writers, but no one wants to write. And I think that it's like everybody's like, I want to write for SNL. It's like, cool, you need to write 50 monologue jokes. And they're like, gross. It's like, that's the job. So when I hear the story of you being like, I know this movie's fucking great. I wrote it already. I'm just waiting for somebody to to realize that um, I'm ready to go. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Get your script ready to go, baby. I love it so much. And Uh, look what it did. uh, You know, (laughs) I I actually had one of those chilly chill moments uh, after the movie came out and I was on a world tour, you know, to promote it for what a Mm -hmm. year. I was on a treadmill somewhere in a hotel and I I saw, you know, when you're making a movie, they do EPK. So the producers are there and they interview them and then they bank it for later. Wait, let's do a Hollywood break. Hollywood break, guys. EPK EPK. is a thing that happens to promote your movie where like while you're shooting the movie, they have uh, another little camera crew come in and set up like you're being interviewed for any generic entertainment Like show. entertainment then, tonight or... Yeah, and then when your movie comes out, they like send that out. EPK stands for electronic press kit. Mm-hmm. Like you answer all these basic questions. Okay, so your EPK, you're okay, on the treadmill. So I'm on the treadmill in some hotel and I see Entertainment Tonight or one of those shows and they're showing Tom Hanks being interviewed on the set of My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And I realized, my God, we made that a year and a half ago because we couldn't get the distributor, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm watching him and he said exactly what you just said. He said, well, we saw this woman's one woman show and we thought it was so great. And we said, this should be a movie. And she handed her us her screenplay. It's the biggest it's- flex. It's the biggest flex <laughs> that I know in the industry. It's the biggest flex and I'm obsessed with it. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> and so and, it's, biggest, and yeah. it's like the timing of them starting their company. We need a film. What do we want to make? What do we want to say? It's got to be something we can afford for our first film. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, and we, and we want it to be, but we want it to be great. And we want it to, the first thing that they put out together is. The biggest comedy of all time. <laughs> but, also, but also has the heart, has a female at the center who was not at the time a movie star. Like it it was uh it was really saying what their mission was as yes. a company. Absolutely. And, and they're actually like that. Mm-hmm. 
They yeah. look for new artists. They find new projects. They're kind. Their notes were so respectful because my script was big and long. And, you know, I always, I call it write fat. Don't edit yourself. Just write, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, they gave me notes about trimming back, but they kept saying, it's your movie. It's your movie. And I was like, when are they going to rip off their masks and drink my blood? <laughs> <laughs> And that happened when? With the, no. Oh, I got it. I got it. I think it's also a true testament to your writing, too. I know my big fat Greek wedding because my grandma Louise bought it on VHS. Oh, and in Tallahassee, please. Florida, we watched my big fat Greek wedding on VHS in our house. And my grandma loved your grandma. She was like, she she's sneaking out. I get it. <laughs> she leaves the house. Truly, there's an old black lady in Tallahassee where this movie fucking resonates. And I think it's just everybody. And then I watched it again later after I'd lived in Chicago. And I'd be like, that's my train. <laughs> like, it's like, so it's really cool. <laughs> God, that makes me so happy. Yeah, that that is definitely a pivot point. What happened is my friend... Um, told me about another stand-up who got a, a development deal. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could do stand-up. I worked at a, a waitress at a stand-up club in Toronto, and I'm Canadian. And I could not figure out the, the, the cadence, the rhythm, the timing. It wasn't, I was a sketch person. And so I thought, how am I going to get a development deal, which a lot of stand-ups were getting at, a ta- at the time. So I made a list of everything that had happened in the last year, and borrowed a friend's computer and wrote my Big Fat Greek Wedding just so I could get it registered. I didn't even know about the Writers Guild. I got it registered at the Library of Congress. That's amazing. My Big Fat Greek Wedding was written on a borrowed computer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't afford a computer. I couldn't, you know, and I at first wrote it out longhand. And, you know, it was... I just think it's a lesson. It's a lesson to myself. You know, when I'm lost and when I don't know what to do, pivot. So I love the focus of your show. Do something else. Yeah. Uh. And figure out, like, I think that it's important, though, you know, a lot of us have things standing in our way. Sometimes we don't have a computer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to know that you wrote things out longhand, you had ideas, you were writing them down, you borrowed your friend's computer, when you had the screenplay and you took it out, it didn't sell, correct? Or yeah. I, I didn't have anyone. I didn't right. even know that you needed an agent to send it out. I was sending it to Paramount and Universal and it was coming back unopened. Right. Because they can't, guys. Another Hollywood break. Don't send unsolicited screenplays to production companies. <laughs> they legally they will can't not open, open it. They legally can't. They legally cannot. can't because if, let's say, they're developing a movie that has a very similar plot to the movie that you just wrote and sent them, then you could sue them in five years and so, whatever, you know, so they will not open it. You have to have an agent for submissions that has to go through a whole process. Um, but so you were like blindly sending it out. <laughs> that wasn't working. And how long did you do that before you were like, I'm going to put this up as a show? Um, I'd say, I think I sent it out for about a year and then I heard about the Writers Guild. So I registered it there. And then I rented a theater, three theaters, like small breaks at a time. I had my stage manager from Second City, Jim Yado. I paid him $50 a show. I bought, made my own posters. I love hearing you say that you paid this guy $50 and that you made your own posters. One thing that is like 
a huge deal to me is when people take themselves seriously. And by like even paying someone that small amount, you were saying like, you're providing me a service. I respect your time and your abilities to help me do this. I'm taking this seriously. That's a big deal. I I think what the bottom line is for me, I say this a lot, is if the phone doesn't ring with the job offer, call yourself. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's a good one. That's it. Like I just say it again, Nia. That's this is your Oprah moment for the day. I need (laughs) you to repeat that. What is it? All right. If if the phone doesn't ring with a job offer, call yourself. Boom. That's it. it. I love it. it. That's cool. That is so good. Who says? Who says you don't like advice? That's (laughs) some of the best advice I've ever heard. Amazing. Yeah, because this the theater was 99 seats because I'm in equity, so I couldn't make it more than that. I'm gonna throw this away for Louis so he eats it. Um, <laughs> and um uh the tickets were ten dollars a ticket, so that was a break-even thing for me. I rented the theater, paid for my posters, paid for Jim Yato, and I broke even. And that was my job. I did three shows a week on the weekends. I went to church. I handed out flyers. Greeks are so starved for anything about ourselves. <laughs> they saw my big fat Greek wedding. They're like, let's go. And I, I said, they, then they went back with their non-Greek neighbors and the show sold out. And I thought if the story ends there, I'm happy. And then Rita Wilson called and I knew she was coming because my home phone number was on the posters. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I love this, is, this. This is that's my favorite detail so far. <laughs> I would answer. I would answer my phone with like an accent during the day, and <laughs> and so she came, and that was amazing because I was so excited to meet another. Did you actress. when you when you answered the phone? Did you believe it was her? I didn't believe it was her until I recognized her voice. I didn't believe it was Tom when he called. I still don't believe stuff. Like I just oh. <laughs> like yeah. Tom I mean, calls now, and you're like, "Oh, nice try." <laughs> like, what? No, I want to talk about our vacation we're taking. <laughs> okay, Tom. Like, quit pranking me. Make bidets the way you clean. It's better for the environment and for your butt. Is that good? okay listen i'm personally a fan of a bidet moment yeah i love it i don't mind talking about poop i don't mind talking about the fact that i had i have had ibs since i was 19 i talk about my period you know that and the bidet situation helps with all of it it's so cleansing and good and it's a real game changer. It's a life and, you know, changer. It's a life changer. Listen, for years, bidets have cost thousands of dollars and really have only been available to people who are just like very, very wealthy. And you would go into someone's house and you're like, oh my God, they have a bidet. They're millionaires. <laughs> but now the Hello Tushy modern bidet attachment is here and they are democratizing cleaning your butt and your vag in a great way. Yeah. It should be available to everyone. It's good for the environment. Cause guess what? Everyone has a butt and a, Everyone's and a lot a of butt. people have a vag. Mm-hmm. But also I think those other things need to be cleaned too. I don't know. Yes. Um, 
It just, it's, but a Hello Tushy attaches to your existing toilet. There's no electricity or additional plumbing needed. And it cleans your butt with a precise stream of fresh water. And guys, guess how much it costs? It's only $79. That's amazing. I think it's amazing. You will cut toilet paper use by 80%. It's literally pays for itself. Remember when everybody was freaking out about the toilet paper stuff? Yes. I wasn't in my house. You know why? Hello, Tushy. Tushy. I mean, it's amazing. And every Hello Tushy bidet attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free happy butt guarantee and a 12-month warranty. And listen, this is exciting. You're going to get 15% off Hello Tushy bidets plus free shipping right now at hellotushy.com slash best. This is Hello Tushy's best offer. I really feel like you need to make your holidays ugh, well, a little happier by going to hellotushy.com slash best for 15% off bidets and free shipping. Hellotushy.com slash best. Nia, I loved what you said about, about, you know, if the phone doesn't ring, call yourself. But two observations that I'm making about you, you've really, really stayed very true to who you are as a person, that the pivots aren't changing your mission or your goal. They're just to serve who you are as a person and a writer and an actor. And also that you're the kind of person that someone would lend a computer to, to write a, <laughs> Especially to write a the screenplay early back then. They were precious goods. Yeah. Early 2000s computer. I mean, they really loved you and believed in you because yeah, it yeah. was, you had to put, make a down payment on a compact. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> And it was a big one. Like he, he brought yeah. it over and I brought it back and then I would do a rewrite. I mean, I wrote the first draft quickly to get it registered, but I rewrote that script 50 times and I still wow. rewrite. Like they, on set for any movie I've ever done, they have to take the script out of my hands to <laughs> film it. Cause I'm, I love that. <laughs> I'm constantly rewriting because you hear it, you know, you hear the actors yeah. breathe life into the words and you're like, Oh, let me fix that. You, um, can't be afraid to like edit. Like so many artists, writers are so desperate and clinging so tightly to their words. And like, you have to be willing to let that work grow. And, and sometimes it's growing while you're shooting it. You have to, you have to be willing. It's a, a writer's expression. You have to be willing to kill your darlings. Mm-hmm. And while we were on set of the first Big Fat Greek writing, that proposal scene was three lines long because I accelerated the action so quickly that um, if you really look at that movie, the only conflict that's coming at the couple is not necessarily within themselves it's societal and it's traditional and it's familial. And so I had to get them so that it's them against the world. But that meant that they got engaged pretty quickly. So I had a three-page proposal scene and I literally spent the day in bed with John Corbett. Pause. Just pause. I mean, think about that. (laughs) What a rough day. That was awful, you guys. I know. Sometimes you got to just, you got to suck it up for your art, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's yeah, right. that's where. That's what, <laughs> suck it up, suck it up for your art. That's what you do. Hashtag my craft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the day was so hard. I just had to be in bed with 
John Corbett. John Corbett. <laughs> I was so um, exhausted. <laughs> so we we broke for lunch, and he and I had this pinky swear that we would never have garlic. By the way, and, <laughs> and I realized that the scene was clunky, and there was a lot going on. And I I I just went to the producers and I said, "Can I rewrite?" And they were always so supportive. That's awesome. And I just <sighs> cut it down to those four lines, and. I was so happy the way he did it that I it's actually great. am crying in that scene. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite scenes. And uh, it's it's truly less is more couldn't be more like evident in that. Cause it's just like two people who love each other and it's like, you wanna marry me? And it's like scream yes. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's how it happens. People go hiking on mountains and then they get on one knee and scream yes. It's like it <laughs> yeah, didn't have to be uh, three pages. And it was yeah. still like monumental. <laughs> yeah. That's a testament to John Corbett. I mean, he, I love writing for him because he tosses away stuff. He's, as an actor, he's not precious with his words. And I, I, he's great to write for. I also love writing for the dad, Michael Constantine. I always call him. <laughs> I'm like, I, you are my favorite scene partner. Like, he's amazing. He's, so he's really fun. Wonderful. So, I mean. Also, like, I don't know him personally, but it feels like like who he is as a person really comes through when it's like oh my gosh you're like probably like a really fun uncle at a barbecue like that's the vibe he has yeah and like a really fun nice guy who would make a mean kebab <laughs> <laughs> speaking of food two things on big fact recording too that i loved about him they picked him up and they brought him to set and they said do you want some lunch because it was like a later call for him and he went no i haven't had breakfast food first <laughs> i was like that is legit, right? That's a power <laughs> move. That's a real that is fascinating. Yeah. Now. No, I need breakfast first. Yeah. So I love that. And Interesting. then we were in a two-hander scene and um, he had the line uh, where he's lamenting about his wife possibly not remarrying him. And the line was, you walk through life seeing your shadow as two people. And he, before we went into the scene, he sat down with me and said, I want to know what you meant by this line and how I can do it for you. And I want it to be absolutely right because I think it's about your parents. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. Oh, God. Oh, crying too. Beautiful. What a sweetheart, huh? And he slayed it in that scene. Yeah. Just slayed it. Yeah. He manages to be... Uh, honest and truthful and yet funny like yeah. with these lines. So ah, yeah, I love him. He's great. It, it can't be a coincidence that you keep saying how respectful people were to you um, throughout the process of making that movie, but I feel like it can't be a coincidence. I, ha- I have to believe it's something that you bring out in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've directed and I, I, I said at the beginning of it, I'm never going to yell at you. You know, that big production meeting, Hollywood break, it's, it's it's every department in the room. So you have the camera and electric department. You have uh, the camera crew, which is a different group. That You have the focus puller. You have the costume department. You have the production designer. And everybody is there at a big, long, square table. And you talk about the process. And you tell the camera department, we do not have the budget for a crane. How are we going to film these cer- certain shots? Come mm-hmm. and meet with me. So that's what directing is. And it sucks because it's always less money than you want. But (laughs) um, I said to them, I will never yell at you. So we're going to make mistakes and things are going to go wrong and we're going to go over and you're going to tell me and you're going to tell me and we're going to fix it. 
but don't hide stuff because it's harder to fix a mistake if they're hiding something that went wrong. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think like starting from a place of honesty is always the best way to be, right? Like with everything. And that's with work. It's with life. So we are in New York, Nia, and I'm doing a new show here. Uh, No. I'm so excited. excited. Um, But my older daughter, and we don't have to put this in the podcast, but we could. Uh, But my older daughter is like miserable on the Zoom school situation Mm -hmm. in LA. And there's a school here that's literally walking distance from our house. And like, I was like, I know it's a long shot. School's already started. But I emailed the guy and he got on the phone with us yesterday and he's like, well, let's just talk things through. And I was just like, well, blah, 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 blah. and this is like where she's strong. And this is like, you know, we could use some work and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I was just like laid it out for him. And he was like, well, I have to stop you guys. Um, this is the most refreshing parent <laughs> interview I have ever had in my life. He's like, most people just come in here and they only tell us how genius their children are, like how wonderful they are and everything. Like what we were talking the other day on the podcast about, the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, for you guys to come in and say, like, this is where we all struggle. I was like, look, her executive functioning, like she and I both (laughs) could probably- No, we're not. We're not. We're like- Trying to pick up this dog. (gasps) Oh, Oh, But I'm just saying that like too many people make the error of in the beginning starting from a place of being false for whatever reason. Yeah. But it only makes things harder for you. Yeah. Yeah. In the long run. Because things are never going to be the way that you like are hoping that they are presenting them to be. Right. So- you're just making things more difficult for yourself. And like to acknowledge it right at the beginning sets the perfect tone. I love a precedent. It's a precedent and it like allows everyone to be free. Yeah. I love a precedent. I love a precedent. I also like, I, I mean, like, I don't think that I would have made a good uh, movie star back in the day because like, I don't like men yelling at me. (laughs) I I, I don't appreciate it. And also it's like, I'm a grown ass bitch and don't yell at me. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like we can have a conversation. We are adults. My daddy don't yell at me and uh, you can't do that. So I really do appreciate like respecting people at a human level. I think it's also how you get a good performance out of people, right? You know, you're directing a film, you're the parent of the film. And so when you're talking about like sometimes being borderline abusive, like we know that that like shuts people down and, and makes them less creative, less forthcoming, less, you know, even wanting to be there. So I'm, I'm sure that is a, good part of why you're so successful, like recognizing the humanity and the people that you're working with. I just have a question for you. So um, I feel like post-Greek wedding, most people would assume that Nia could do whatever she wants. She's like, you, you're being offered all the parts. You're, you're a star now, which is true. And I think that it might be true, but I just was curious if there was another like moment where you were either up for something, something didn't happen, the phone didn't 
ring in the way you wanted to. So again, you had to call yourself even after having such a huge success. Yeah. It was, um, partly my not, I don't like the word fault, but my choice, what happened is I was in the pursuit of motherhood at the time. And Mm -hmm. I mean, hard pursuit. And, um, I was trying everything from, um, IVF to adoption and it wasn't coming to fruition. It was bad. And I made the choice not to be on camera repeatedly. And, the phone stopped ringing because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And um, two things to answer your question, Busy. I did not get offered every part. I think that sometimes when there's an anomaly, you, they sort of toss it from the deck. Like, well, that's a weird little joker. Let's just leave it. And I'm friends with John Favreau from Second City. And I remember him saying something about development deals being offered to him after made. And I was like, I didn't get those. Like, I did not get a studio yeah. calling to offer a development deal. So that's part one. Part two, I decidedly withdrew from being on camera while I was processing that biologically I would not have a child. And then um, I made the decision to adopt and I can't explain how it felt so right (laughs) when the social workers came to my house and took my hand and said, you will be a mother within the year. And I, I believed her. And I'm telling you, I'd gotten kick after kick in the teeth. And I found the script written by a writer named Mike Reese. And it was about a tour guide in Greece. And I knew that in order to get something financed, I would have to play a Greek. And that's not a travesty. I was like, fine. De Niro's yeah. played Italian a thousand times. <laughs> so I, I took it to Playtown. Even though I was writing for Tom and with Tom, I was writing for uh, God Rest His Soul, Jonathan Demi. I was writing for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I knew I wanted to go back on camera because I knew I was going to be a mother within the year because that lady said it and I believed her. And I made this movie called My Life in Ruins. Mm-hmm. We got mm-hmm. the financing. I went to Greece. I filmed it. And I came back and got the call. There's a girl, she's almost three years old. She's living in American foster care. And I said, when can I meet her? And they said, tomorrow. And I'm her mom. Oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So that was, a, that was a thing where the phone wasn't ringing biologically. And I had to call myself because I wanted to be a mom. But I am so grateful that I couldn't have a biological child because Alaria is my daughter. That's my daughter. And she was always going to be your daughter. Always. 100%. This weird thing happened to me in Spain. Oh, my God. It was so weird. I had just gotten a call from that social worker. There was a girl I had inquired about. And she had been adopted by another family. And that's great, right? For her. Mm -hmm. But I was walking down the pier on my day off from filming My Life in Ruins at a soundstage. And I was crying because I just, I thought, man, when am I going to be a mom? And I looked up to heaven, like, when am I going to be a mother? And this girl was walking toward me on the pier, like seven years old, maybe, Mm -hmm. holding her grandparents' two hands. And as she walked by me, she took my hand and we passed each other. And I, I was so, she holding my hand and I felt like she was saying to me soon. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. That's so powerful. <laughs> little babies, you know, sometimes there's a message and sometimes you can think, oh, that's a little woo woo. Or sometimes you can kind of open your heart and say, 
this path isn't working. Put a bandaid on your forehead from banging against a brick wall and turn around. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And like, honestly, to me, the woo-woo thing is like, you're talking to, you know. The right ones. I'm we a love firm, firm believer in the universe, <laughs> in the like showing you where you have to go if you're open to it. And I think that we do get a lot of times so closed off into even seeing those possibilities. Um and I just love that. I love that little girl grabbing your hand and you just, and bringing you that sense of calm. You just needed it in that moment. It's so beautiful. I mean, that's like, to me, that's like an angel, right? Yes. Like that's like, yeah. that's like a little That's what an angel, angel. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kids are empathic, right? I think that oh, she yeah. felt my pain. They know. They haven't been trained out of it. Kids haven't been trained out of their like, natural empathic instincts and when we get older they tell us to ignore them but if a little seven-year-old girl is holding her hands on the <laughs> in spain it's like oh my okay, okay she knows what's up <laughs> yeah. they know <laughs> yeah yeah and you're right we have been trained out of it because i wasn't looking at her i can't even mm-hmm. tell you her exact age because i yeah. wasn't looking at her but she was looking at me and feeling my pain Wait, I want to feel old right now. Wait, how old is Alaria now? Oh, can you even believe it? 15? <gasps> no. Oh, my gosh. gosh. I mean, I met Alaria. She was four. Uh-huh. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah I, brought I think her- she had just turned four. Yes. I brought her to the set of Cougar Town, and she was fascinated by the pool inside oh. a soundstage. <laughs> yeah. Well, buddy. Oh, I know. I can't gosh. believe Birdie's, um, Birdie's 12. Seems crazy. And wow. Cricket, who, you know, you remember I was pregnant. Um, <laughs> Cricket's seven. No. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that no. Weird? I think of them as just little babies. Babies. Guys, yeah. FYI, babies. they just keep getting older. I can tell you Stop from it. experience. Yeah, I know. It's weird. I didn't think it was going to happen either, but they apparently... That is adults. selfish of them. <laughs> I don't love it. I don't God. love it. Um, if people haven't read your New York Times bestselling memoir, Instant Mom, I really highly recommend it. I love it so much. Um, all the Thank proceeds you. go to adoption charities. Um, I mean, to date, the information from the book has placed 1,700 children. In That's incredible. Homes. Yeah. That's incredible. In the, uh, yeah. Like, I think if you're open to it, just be open to it. You know what I mean? If, if parenthood feels like a journey for you, be open to whatever way a child needs you, you yeah. know, because there are, there are so many different ways in which, you know. I often think that, like, I, ha- you know, I, I, buy, I had, gave birth to my kids, but I remember in the first bit of being a mom, I was like, that didn't, that doesn't matter. Like you you could have handed me any baby and this would, or any child. And that, I believe that even more now, like just. I I mean, I met people along my journey, as they say, um, who had um, chosen adoption as the first option. And so that's sort of, sort of like, oh, that's illuminating. And I met social workers who build families who have chosen not to have children or, or partners. And it was, all of it was just a lesson in, I think I'm an open person, but every day you have to tell yourself you should learn something, just something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I love it. Being open to being open. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Nia, I am like always looking 
forward to whatever you put into the universe next because you've put such beautiful, wonderful, soul-filling things. Uh, and, uh, and I love your pivots. And, uh, and I guess, I don't know. I just want, I, I really would love for everyone to be able to see tiny, beautiful things. So I hope that after this call, you uh, text Tommy and say, hey, I was just talking to Busy, and when are we doing that? <laughs> I'm going to say, you know how oh, men love to be told what to do. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I th- he would respond. He's going to love it. He's going to love it. You know what I loved, by the way? When you were talking about brand endorsements on how you said, this is how I'm making an income right now, mm-hmm. I loved it. And I took one because of that. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah oh, I loved nice. it. See, this is why, but we don't know the messages that we send out and that people hear. So I just want you to hear it. Like I was like, oh, that's so I cool. want one of those. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's on the nose. It's for Delta Greek yogurt. It's <laughs> I mean, I love Greek I yogurt. I love Greek yogurt. So. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. But when you said that, I was like, you know what? We are all trying to make ends meet right now. It doesn't matter what you do. Just do it with absolute, like, I'm really happy to be doing this. Why not? All yeah, of it. Thrilled to be here. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That's like my, I'm like always like grateful to be here. Glad to have a job. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Mia, I just, you look so beautiful. I hope that, um, I know that we're still quarantining, but I hope someone is like making out with you hard. <laughs> okay. That would be good. That would okay, be really good. You just, you deserve a little like make out sesh right now. Oh, it makes me happy. Okay. But this is what I think. First of all, you have to say to yourself, like you've just say, been saying to me, you deserve it. And here's Thank here's you. what I think. Every job that didn't work out is tile, right? It's a piece of tile and you lay it down. And one day you have enough tile and you walk across that bathroom floor to that job. Ooh. You guys, I can't end on a better, that's, yeah. that's how you say that's, another word. That's, that's, that's it. it. That's it. That's you closed the show. We might not even have to do a third act. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I adore it. you. I'm so right back glad at to you. See we you. love you. It was so Alaria. nice to meet you. Thank you so Thank much you. for your art. I'll see you soon. <laughs> I'll see you Bye. soon, Laura. Okay. Thanks for coordinating. Okay, I'm so happy we had fun today. Bye. Now Bye, it's the yeah. awkward. Where's the lead? Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 Okay, so nice to see you. Nice Bye. to see you. Bye. 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 So Bye. Bye. Guys, obsessed. She's so great. Obsessed. It was such a a wonderful chat. <laughs> um, really wonderful and like just the kindest person. And we, if can you imagine? We she just needs to be doing everything. Yeah, yeah. I just really I, respect her so much because, like, I always tell everybody. Everybody wants to buy you coffee and pick your brain, and like she really like save your money. Like listen to her what she said and like make <laughs> your own shit. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Like save your money. You don't have to go pay somebody to pick their brain. Like she did it and she was so mm-hmm. successful and like fucking fo- like everyone's always looking for an easy way out. No, what she did was she sat down and she wrote it. The thing she believed in herself and she did it. And I think that's fucking cool. She's the best. <laughs> also, that was emotional. I felt like yeah. emotional. It was just I don't know. I just for love her. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> guys at home, I'm wearing my headphones in a really dumb way because my piercings are infected and they hurt. And I went to a derm yesterday and he was really nice, but he definitely said they were infected and it <laughs> hurts. Um, you guys, magic show is tomorrow. 
Tonight. No. Tonight. Shit. Tonight. Guys, the, our, ma- our magic show is tonight. I do want to say, Mark kind of always gives me shit because I'm always like, I was the first one. But like, guys, magic is all of a sudden having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> and I do want to say that I feel like if you are not at the magic show tonight, you might be bummed. Later. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I also, fuck with I magic like, so hard. I fucking love magic. I love magic. <laughs> also, I feel like this may be the first of many magic shows. <laughs> virtual magic. That's fun to me. I love magic. I think it's so fun. And like, if you don't like magic, keep it to your fucking self. Yep. That's yeah. right, guys. You know the rules. If you don't like magic, keep it to your fucking selves. Wait, I, it makes sense though, Busy. I think you probably are, you know, you're an influencer. Like you do I, that for a job. I am an influencer. <laughs> Once you said magic is cool, that empowered other people who were like in the closet about loving magic to yeah. be like, yeah, I think magic's fucking cool. Magic's too. real cool. I love Holy magic. Shit, My friends guys. bought tickets. They're so excited. We fucking love magic. <laughs> you know, I posted about the in and of itself show, the Derek DeGuardio show that um, I saw in person here in New York. And then it, they filmed it. Frank Oz directed it. The docu- It's like a documentary about yeah. the magic show. Mm-hmm. And it was available for a limited time through this like New York, just a limited number of tickets were available through this New York doc fest. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be on Hulu at the end of um, January. January. Yes. But he DM'd me. <gasps> I really a magician did? Yeah. Derek, who's like that show, when I tell you I was sobbing uncontrollably. Casey, did you ever see it? And No, I haven't or no. seen it, no. Okay. I was, Shintira, it's so up, like your guys' fucking alley. I was sobbing uncontrollably at the show um, here, the one that I watched on mm-hmm. TV. In person, I also was sobbing <laughs> <laughs> uncontrollably. But anyway, he DM'd me and then I kind of blew it because I was like, I would love for you to come on our podcast. And then he never responded again. No. But he did uh, say that he did he did say thank you so much um for posting because I you like now are now it sold we sold all the tickets because <gasps> you posted. And I was like, that's oh my- so nice. Also, will you come on my podcast? No response. No, he disappeared. <laughs> um, <gasps> Magic. He disappeared. But then Mark had the, Mark had a good point where he was like, you know, maybe magicians don't really want to be on podcasts right. because what are you going to talk about? They must remain mysterious. Yeah, they I think have it, to remain mysterious. We yeah. don't want to like know that he like lives in Scranton or whatever. We just want him to just like give us his sweet sweet magic and let him live his life. He just exists. I love. Anyway, that, that show is so fucking amazing. So I can't wait. Set whatever alarm you need to set for the end of January. Um. In and of itself is the name of it. Guys, the one thing that we didn't talk about that I just feel like we really need to come back to, and Mm -hmm. I just, I need this, and I need you both to be here for me in this moment, is um, Ben Affleck's tiny baby mask. (laughs) What? It was literally a mask for a baby. (laughs) You guys, what's happening? Okay. So guys at home. Did we talk about this when the podcast launched or not really? I don't think we did. No, we, we have sort of talked just stayed a little away bit about. From, we have. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Ben and his make. We talked about how his girlfriend's always laughing. Laughing. I'm like, why? Yeah. I want to know jokes. And okay, then, guys, <laughs> if you're just joining the podcast, we three are obsessed with Ben Affleck and why he can't stay home. 
How much Wearing you're his mask. How much he loves Dunkin' Donuts and why a mask iced is coffee like, is an impossible task for him. Because he's not anti-mask. He's just no. like kind he's like kind of mask. He like puts it on. He and also it's like, like it, I, I think about like when you when a kid like has to wear like a, a itchy sweater and like it's like he has the mask on, but like just enough for us not to be mad at him. <laughs> he, yeah, like he clearly fucking hates it, yeah. right? Like, but the way he's doing it looks so insane. If you haven't seen this picture, I am going to. We're all gonna post it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's something about Ben Affleck that is just deeply deeply fascinating yeah because i just he's just out in these streets man i want to <laughs> know what's going on in his head he's like yeah. i'm aware i'm aware this mask but i'm aware it on my own terms i am <laughs> batman <laughs> you know what's so weird is at this job this week one of the producers gave me a mask from her mask stash and i put it on and when i looked in the mirror i was like oh my god my head is like a giant pumpkin head this mask looks so small on me. And then later in the day, she was like, oh, shoot, I gave you a children's mask. That's for my children. <laughs> and so then she swapped it for an adult mask. And I was like, oh, okay, that's more like it. But I just want to say that when I was wearing that children's mask, it was no, in no way as small as the mask that Ben Affleck was wearing. It was like, it was like believable that I just have a pumpkin head and that mask was like, slightly too small for me but this thing that ben affleck was wearing was like it was like it's, a miniature mask it doesn't make sense yeah it's, it's it defies really, logic it's so insane but here's the thing he had a mask on and you know what i'll take it but it's and so funny he just it like was covering <laughs> his nose and mouth which mouth. is more than we can say for a lot of people people are always walking around with their noses hanging out and he had them both covered but just so barely so, covered guys, yeah he's just like, like a fucking pad <laughs> it looks does. like it looks like a I pad. love that. What is he doing? He's Batman. He's doing whatever he wants. Where <laughs> is he? <laughs> Why, Ben? Remember, I did I ever tell you guys about when I tried to talk to him about being sitting next to each other at the Oscars and he no. like literally oh my god. <laughs> I was at a party at my friend's house and it was a daytime event. Yeah. And he was there and I like, you know, like, I, I, uh, I whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I, so it was the, it was probably like, I mean, I'm trying to think how many months after the Oscars, the moonlight, Debacle. Uh, debacle. Yeah. Deba mm -hmm. You know, yes. Debacle. Um, and there's the famous picture. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting, I was sitting next to him. I literally said to him, I was like, do something. You know, you're Batman. <laughs> Fucking do something. You're Batman. <laughs> and yeah, that's what I mean, truly, that's what I said. I was like, you're you're Ben Affleck. Do something. Like, <laughs> fix it. <laughs> like, do it. And uh and I think he was in a difficult period of time in his life, maybe at that moment in the Oscars situation. Anyway, we were at this daytime party and we were kind of like near each other. And and I was like, hey, I'm seeing you since the thing. And he looked at me and I was like, oh, he has no idea. Like that I <laughs> was. And then I just kind of like back, 
backed away. Like, I didn't know what to do. I was just like, he was like, oh, yeah. Huh, huh, huh. I was like, okay, I great, would want to yeah. talk about that all the time. I would want to talk about it with everybody. I would want to <laughs> pull up the picture of all of our faces and be like, you're one of the faces that is connected to this <laughs> I, thing. What I, We have to talk about it. You guys should have a meeting, like a reunion every 10 years. Yeah, I feel like he was just like, he was just like, oh, yeah, that was wild. And I was like, what? That's <laughs> always the worst moment when you like ha- when you meet people that, you know, like, I don't know, they're people that know a lot of people. That moment where you have to decide when you run back into someone if they will remember having met you and having this experience with you and will expect you to say something to them or if they don't remember at all that you. Oh, my God. On this show, but it's moonlight. He, <laughs> it's moonlight. Right. No. He didn't, he wasn't, ru- I'm just to be clear, he was not rude to me at all. He was he just, just so, like, so chill about it. <laughs> he just felt, it It felt like he was like, oh yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, what? No, it was, okay, yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. so weird. And you okay, gotta find good somebody to see else. You, Bye. You, gotta, you gotta find somebody else who wants to talk about it. Because if I was okay. there, we would have had, had a steak dinner over it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Our friend Eric was telling with the election and we were on set and everybody was like sharing their horror stories of, you know, the 2016 election and where they were and whatever. And he was like, I, he happened to be in some viewing party room with, um, like a famous chef Mm -hmm. and they like locked eyes a few times. And then like fully two years later was walking down the street and the famous chef was like, Hey, 2016 and like pointed <laughs> at him like and and you know that's the thing like you want you you like you have to do that you like trauma you bond yes. with people and you we want always, them to be you have to you have to yes we always talk about it but it's like when you're on the fucking subway and somebody does something wild and you have to when you guys happen to get off at the same stop and it's like we're gonna talk about this for five minutes and then we're gonna disappear into ether like if i was anybody in that picture that infamous moonlight picture I'd be like hey remember when we was just chilling and then that (laughs) happened what the fuck I would talk about it all the time I'm disappointed I'm disappointed I had to say I I was disappointed as well and then I also was like you know what he's got a lot going on yeah Yeah. he's probably thinking about Duncan he's probably thinking (laughs) about when when his next Duncan iced coffee is he was his I don't know he just has a lot happening and I'm sure he totally remembered it and I'm sure he totally remembered it after the fact, but maybe it just, you know, sometimes when someone brings something up to you and your like head isn't in that space and you're like, Oh, what? Oh, oh, I guess. I think the moonlight gets a pass. A moonlight gets a pass. <laughs> moonlight gets a fucking pass. It's not like, so like you were at a baseball game and the ball hit your car. This is like a thing that is iconic. We all know it like busy. I know what your face looked like the moment <laughs> it happened. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like, he doesn't get a pass on that. Everybody else and does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and even like, just, I don't even know. Like, just as like, yeah, like I just, the sort of nonchalance about it is mm. what, in that moment, to me, I was like, well, that's weird. You you <laughs> don't even think that that was like the craziest, most fucked up thing You that, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, maybe back to Ben. And his tiny mask. Um, it's wild out here. It's wild out here, Ben. Get a bigger mask. <laughs> but we appreciate you wearing one. <laughs> I may need. I may blow those up for you guys for Christmas presents. 
pictures have been. That may be your. That those may be. I maybe just spoiled your Christmas presents. Here's the thing. I'll put it up because I think it is funny. <laughs> I think we all just need like a five by seven. Should we just? How do we get the rights to that paparazzi photo and just put it on our merch? <laughs> <laughs> I would fucking wear that sweatshirt. Would you yeah. wear a mask with that on with a picture of Ben Affleck's mask on it? Yes, I would. <laughs> oh my God. It's all I want now. Oh, for God's sakes. Can I just make one for me? We don't even have to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it. But can. will the paparazzi sue me? Yes. No. They the worst, do. <laughs> the worst they could do is give you a cease and desist and ask well, you not to wear that mask anymore. Here's the and thing. I, you can make I, one for yourself. You can't yeah. sell it. Yeah. And you can make I anything for yourself. I believe that a paparazzi would be very grateful to have an influencer like Busy Phillips wearing their pap shot on their mask. It depends. They will be, they do be suing. We got to look <laughs> up who this guy is. I'm going to see I'm going to look up I'm going to look him up and see if he's a, he's a paparazzi I've ever come across. You probably know and him. If, well, listen, we'll see. And I want to see if maybe we could, uh, I mean, how dope would those shirts be? We've already, guys, just so you know, for the po- re the podcast, a merch. It is, we are hard at work. It is it's all happening. happening. It's happening. Did we want to get it up this week? Is it happening this week? I want to get it up this week because like Black Friday, you know? Guys, Black Friday. I want your Christmas to, presents. to stay home on Black Friday and buy things from our merch. Oh, yeah, guys, I hope you're all staying home. I hope you're like all uh, taking care of yourselves. And I mean, look, I got to tell you something. I heard from BFF Michelle that like they thought they were seeing family. They decided whatever. It's Everybody's been tested and we've all been tested. And I was like, but still, I think we're just going to stay by ourselves. Yeah. You know, just because. Fuck it, man. I don't know. I don't know. And I hate this all. And I want this pandemic to be over. We need to find out who this paparazzi is that took this photo. There's also a Diet Coke in here. I I mean, there's so much. I can't tell which picture I like the best. Anyway, (laughs) our merch is coming. I love it. We've worked so hard. I mean, that's... Relative. They've worked hard, but also <laughs> they've we've had hard. a lot of we've had a lot of opinions, and sometimes <laughs> that is hard work too. And and I do want to say, um, I think what you guys are going to love the most. I ran this by a BFF from high school, Chrissy B. Chrissy, who's the podcast's number one fan. <laughs> that there are going to be ways that you get to like it's going to be kind of customizable. What saying you? What saying speaks to you? Yes. On your merch. So it doesn't necessarily, maybe, maybe doing your best doesn't speak to you or AKA it's on a billion different other fucking t-shirts and sweatshirts already. But maybe there's another saying that maybe does. Yeah. Take it to the group chat. That resonates with you. Yeah. Yeah. Take it to the group chat. Never just about snow babies. <laughs> we know, have the numbers for good. Whatever you need to get you through. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> Human penny. I want all our merch. I can't wait for it. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, we and we'll let you know as soon as it's live. We'll, you know, just look out on everybody's Instagram, I guess, because we'll let you know as soon as it's possible to get yeah, on there. Social and, media. And, and order some stuff. 
Oh, wait, guys. Here's a good question. Oh, wait, we need more fan mail slash question advice people. People miss it. You can email us at busydoingherbest at gmail.com and send us some questions if you'd like some advice and we'll resume doing that uh, maybe next week. Yeah. You guys, here's a question from Sarah Bareilles right now <gasps> via text. I love okay. Her. This is not for the podcast, but I'm going to ask her and I think it will be. <laughs> Do you think you want dimmers everywhere in a house? Or just, I just got a quote for regular switches, but now I don't know what I need. This is a great question. I don't want dimmers everywhere in the house, but I do want light bulbs that are controlled by my phone. Mm. Which I technically want, is a dimmer. I want dimmers in the living room. Mm-hmm. And dining room. In the dining room and mm-hmm. the bedroom. But for kitchen, hallway, bath, full bright lights. Wait, bath, I go dim. Because Ooh. I like a moody motherfucking bath. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that for the bathroom, again, I, I am a, this is not even a plug. I am a fan of a Philips Hue. So depending yes. on what's going on in your life, if I'm sorry, what? a Philips sorry, what? Hue light, Philips, Philips what is Hue that? light. <gasps> you can make your lights any level, any color, what? Any, anything. Yeah, so what? I can just put like purple lights in my kitchen or it's and it's all controlled by your phone. You can come up with, you know how you love sunsets? You yes. can take a picture of a sunset and ask your Philips Hue bulbs to mimic that sunset are in you your a, room. You guys, then, are you making this up? No. no. And, then, and then you can set it for sunrise. So like if you are in a room that doesn't have a lot of natural light or isn't facing the sun it will brighten in the morning the same way a sunrise will and it will lightly wake you up so if you're not doing dimmer switches i'm a big fan of a philips hue you can also set it so that when it plays music the colors change based on the type of music that you're playing yes oh yeah you can coordinate it with your music to like pulse with your music all kinds of different things guys does do either of you have these yeah i got them in my house I have them, but my, somebody who did the nice task of moving us across the country left them in our house for the <gasps> renters. Dang. And so I have to get them over again. And they are a little pricey. They're so, expensive. They're yeah. like 45 bucks a bulb. Yeah. So I'm looking it up right now. You guys, yeah. this is but not I'm, one of our ads. No, but no. on Friday, I'm going to, now that I'm in a bigger apartment on Friday, I'm going to get more because I'm going to put some behind my TV. I'm going to put some in my room. I fucking love. You can get love. strips. You can get yeah. bulbs. You can get all kinds of different things. Love it. So I, that's what I tell her. Like get a Philips Hue, put it in the room, see if she likes the dim before the she little, goes home. The little hub. And get a tester if she oh wants God, to try guys, it. I am. Getting this shit right now. Ordering <laughs> all of it, all of it, all of it. All Wait till Black Friday. It. See if there's a sale. They oh, always man, they're, they're, you're the smartest. They're like thirty. They're like thirty percent off every year. That's when I buy them. Where I don't even know where you go for Black Friday sales. Have you guys oh. ever fucked with Black Friday sales like in person? My sister absolutely does not. it. You know? No, 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 absolutely not. No, no, no. Have no. you ever heard? Did Leanne talk about it when we were on Busy Tonight? Yes. It's how so she funny. would like plan it out with like the flyers. And, it's insane. Yeah, I would. She's I will a super never. couponer. Yeah, yes. I couldn't. I, I have too much anxiety. I would rather pay a hundred dollars for one plain white T-shirt than to deal 100. with that. And, and yes. I would pay. I would pay any amount of money 
just I'll pay to, double not to go to Black just, Friday. Just yes. to have not be touched by I just don't want to get punched in the face because I had a job once where I got punched in the face a lot and I'm, I feel like I don't want to do that anymore. Who punched yeah. you in the face? I'm going to punch them in the face. When I worked in that nursing home, people punched oh, me in yeah. the face pretty yeah. much That's every old day. old people though. Yeah. yeah yes. And, but some old people are really strong. They are strong. Like, yeah, They're I've small gone, but strong as hell. I've gone through enough face punching where I don't want to do it. (laughs) This is so dark. Just like I've been punched in the face so many times, you guys, (laughs) by old people. Babies and old people are are so strong. Babies will fuck up. They'll fuck up your face. Babies and old people will fuck up your face. (laughs) I mean, babies do fuck up your face. Yeah, they bite you, scratch you, straight Mm -hmm. up open hand slap you. Have you ever been open hand slapped by a baby? It's fucked up. Also, you can't do what you gonna do. You can't say anything. You can't. You can't can't just be like slap them back. It's just like you just gotta take your ass whooping. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like it's a power move. It is a power move. They know you can't do anything. <laughs> They're the only people who can like open slap you in front of people. You can just be out and a baby will like slap you and you just be like, I have to take this in front of company. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, listen, I don't know. I could just kind of talk all day, I guess, but I suppose that that's probably not, not the vibe. Well, because we haven't seen each other in a long time and it's like, you know, it's the time for talking. Yeah. Right? I'm, I am. Oh, no. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> she ends. I spent, I cried so much this weekend. Holy shit. I can't talk about it, but I did cry a lot. Um, But I did get real sad about family stuff and not getting to see yeah. my parents. Yeah. And that it's going to be a really long time before I get to see my family again. And like. Um, yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard. So I just want to say for anyone out there, we get it. We love you. FaceTime people, reach out to people. And and maybe if you're like, this is fully my vibe and I hate being around people anyway, that's chill. But think about people in your life who maybe are not feeling great and reach out to those people. I need to hear from yeah. you. You know, and just also, like, a, what's up? I sent my mom flowers today aw. and she, I just, she just texted me while we were doing this and she was aw. like, I love that. The most beautiful Thanksgiving flowers, Elizabeth. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and also if you don't really have anybody and you're wishing that you did, you know, say, Hey, on, on Instagram or whatever. And, you know, let us know what's happening and we'll definitely say, Hey, back. Casey is uh, really good at communication. I'm not the best at it, but Kate, you either. are really good at it. I too. like don't. Uh, if you've ever sent me a message, please, I'm so sorry. Like I don't check those messages all the time. I respond sometimes, but then sometimes yeah. I it's too hard. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, we're we're there, and we definitely see it, and we love when you guys say hi. So do that, and I I will at least say hello. And also, I will too I sometimes. Do, but yeah. also, I do want to say, guys. I know that like the internet gets a lot of, you know, rightfully it's trash fire, you know, but I do love so much about it in terms of making like bringing us as, you know, being able to give us a sense of community and like friends. And I just think my internet friends are my real friends. They've become some of them, my closest friends ever. Yeah. And like... It's fun. The internet's fun. 
<laughs> we're like our back. I, our, we share a backyard fence with a family and the woman and I were internet friends <gasps> for a few years. Isn't that crazy? That's why. And her kid and Cricket are not only the same age, they're now in the same pod together <gasps> in their new school, in the girls' new school. And so, like, we have, I like weirdly, this inner, you know, somebody that was like just an internet friend is now not just a real life friend, but also like one of the only people that I can see and that my kid can <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> because of the pod situation at our kids' school. I mean, we still wear masks and sit outside, but like, it's kind of, it's amazing. You know, you never fucking know what these relationships could turn into with Absolutely. people. You just always have to be open. So, um, we love you. Maybe have we'll great- see you tonight at our magic show. Have Which a great we- Thanksgiving. Maybe Take we'll care see of me yourselves. tonight. We don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yes. There might be a couple Um, tickets left if you didn't get your ticket yet. But if not, or if you're not coming to the magic show, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I also think we should just retire Thanksgiving altogether. But whatever. That's a whole conversation for another. Yeah, yeah. That's for the next one. Happy have a day off and eat. Unless you work retail, don't let anybody slap you. That's right. <laughs> there you Don't go. Don't let anybody open face slap you unless they're a baby. Unless it's a baby. <laughs> we love you. Goodbye. Bye. Love you. Love Bye. Oh no.